If you didn't know it until now, you are the Common Sense Nation. And this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Good morning, happy Wednesday, the week just powering through with just a little bit of a break on Monday like that. I kind of forget what day it is. Yes, we are live from the Discovery Design Studio, your one stop for truck fabrication, service, and repair. About getting a, uh, I don't have a, I don't have really a, a truck. But I'm thinking about getting like a conveyor on my Malibu, like just in case I want to put tiles up on people's rooftops. Or maybe I'll get like a Venco hoist. Some emergency equipment, like, a, like or a crane or something, just in case I have to rescue somebody. Let me do something like that on the Malibu. The light kit. Looking on the Discovery Design website, DiscoveryDesignInc.com, and seeing the love how they wrap there. They, they they have one that is the honoring those who served truck. And that's a real cool one. And then they have the Blue Lives Matter truck. And you're going to see all of those out at Discovery Design on Saturday, the 9th of June, as we basically just roll it out, baby. This is the wild man and the warrior, or the warrior and the wild man, whatever way you want to do it. The warrior and the wild man, Radio Free Almond, throw down Palooza right there on the lot of Discovery Design. We're going to have a Nipudi pediatric kid section there, and we're going to have some beer. We talked to Billy Bush yesterday. He's going to bring out some Kreftig for y'all, and we're going to have that going. We've got three food trucks. I guess two of them are actually food food, unless you want to call Kona Ice food. You could do that too, right? I think some do. Okay, <laughs> so we've got barbecue and we've got Russo's Italian, so you can't go wrong either way. Russo's is great. 
Uh, yeah, they've got to leave at three. We're 12 to six. Doug Giles is going to be there. He's going to have more books to sign, everything else, if he hasn't sold all of them from the night before, which is our Doug Giles book signing, ClashDaily.com. And he is going to be signing three books. We, he is going to be doing the uh, Pussification. He's going to be doing uh, Raising Righteous and Rowdy Girls and Rules for Radical Christians. All three of those books were going to be at the MAC West from 530 to 8. And it's going to be a good little time. So if you can't make it on Saturday, you can be there on Friday. You can do both. You can just kind of let, make the uh, Radio Free Almond wristband if you want to. <laughs> get the Friday inclusion there, and you've got the Saturday inclusion. The great news is it's a wristband, but you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> and it's actually not a wristband at all. And so just you, gotta, you can even pretend you got a wristband, basically. Right. So 12 to 6, because we're kind of uh, rolling it through. We're gonna, Oh, we're going to have... Uh, uh, Moto Exotica is going to have like a mini car show out there, and we'll have speeches and all that other stuff we'll, we'll regale you with, and uh, it'll be fun time. You, we have something that we're going to put on Facebook, right? You put yeah. together, Ryan put together this beautiful little, what do you call those? <laughs> it's just in a graphic. Gra- oh, graphic. <laughs> a graphic in yeah, We my call world. those graphics <laughs> in our world, you see, in the world of uh, my world. Yes. My world. But it's beautiful. Thank you. And you know what else you're going to have? That we just got in yesterday that I am so flipping excited about. What's that? Bumper stickers. Oh, I forgot about those. So excited. Yes. They turned out so they nice. They great. And they're round. They're round. Yeah. Oh, it's just nice. They got a good material on them. And they are stickers, right? They are stickers. Okay, so you got to like figure out a way to... We, hey, but some people were asking for magnets, but I think we're going to... It's a little, It gets a little too, too much of an outlay. Eventually, when we, you know graduate to whatever we're graduating to <laughs> we'll have magnets yes but for now they're stickers <laughs> yeah. and you can peel them off when i say something embarrassing like i compare somebody to an ape you know and you can just go ahead and you just go hey, to your gotta peel these off i'm, I'm done <laughs> well that was quick yeah roseanne it was funny because we'll get to that in a second i i don't think that abc should have canceled her show they were try. they wanted to cancel her show anyway because it was embarrassing them, uh, the liberals were all going crazy because it was giving like one quarter to Trump supporters, whatever. But it really, there's there, there is no excuse calling a black person, comparing a black person to an ape. It just doesn't work in <laughs> any in, no, it in, in work. any world whatsoever, and it's racist to do that. And so. I think a firm apology would have been okay. I don't think ABC had to cancel the show. It wouldn't have. It's, it wouldn't be coming back until next year, and everybody would have forgotten it by now anyway, or next season, so to speak. Everybody would have forgotten it by now anyway. It would not have represented some de facto support of racism. It was another gutless call from another gutless, cowardly, lib-infested corporation. And, you know, again, is it for – is it – Something that should be supported? Hell no. I mean, I'm I'm just still shocked that people out there still do things like that, like compare black people to apes or use the N word or it just it's constantly shocking to me <laughs> the, the latent racism out there. It really is, and and most black people will tell you it shouldn't be shocking to you, but for the most part, it is still shocking to me. It's like I mean, I know it's like that stuff. Sometimes people will tell you that their grandmas say it, you yeah. know, from the old days yeah. or something like that. But uh, she was 
hopped up on Ambien and it just was on Twitter at 2.45 in the morning. And it's like, okay, you know, nothing's going to go well for you there. <sighs> no. But no. you know what? Listen, it's the right of Disney to make the decision it wants to make. It's suffering on the stock market also because that Star Wars movie sucking wind. And so, and, and plus there are a lot of people who were invested in the Roseanne show. I think about 125 people lost their jobs as a result of that cancellation of her show. I'm sure many of them will go someplace else. But they wanted to cancel the show anyway, and I, I don't think they needed to do it at all. They, it, it would if you if you get rabbit ears and you just listen to a bunch of people and say that Disney's racist because Disney's done more for multiculturalism than any corporation in the country basically has done. So Disney had no no apologies to make and wouldn't if it continued on with the show. And it was a good show. And it was a wholesome show, and it was a show that was based on reality. Roseanne was good at what she did. The entire cast, the writing was good, but uh, but her writing was not very good on Twitter. That was horrible. That, that left a little bit to be desired on that. And some people were, uh, oddly enough, comparing it to my situation. It's like, um, excuse me, I didn't compare any black people to apes. In fact, I didn't even... I made one passing reference to this kid. It didn't even really involve him necessarily. It was more of a broader statement. And my company had no cause to fire me. So that that that, that even what I did was not cause to fire me. And we'll make that very clear in court. So there's really no comparison whatsoever. And obviously, if I had done the ape thing, you know, at that point, you have you'd lose, you know, people do whatever, but you'd you'd have a real problem on your hands. Uh, but this was not even close to that. I wouldn't compare it at all. And the company didn't have cause. So that's the that's how that whole thing rolled up. But I don't think there's much of a comparison in, no. <laughs> in, in this in this world. And it, and this was organized by a state representative who. Uh, Will will also prove in court uh, committed an action that's not going to be legally defensible. So we have all kinds of things going on there. So it's a little different story. So I even, I even heard that people on ninety seven one were somehow comparing it to this, and it's like, uh, excuse me, but uh, the number of advertisers you guys have lost because I'm not there, I would like keep your mouth shut if I were you. And the number of listeners you've lost, which even if people are still listening to the show, to your shows, I would, I would keep your mouth shut if I were you. There's no comparison whatsoever. Although there, the only comparison is in the, in the quickness and the gutlessness with which corporations have acted once they just, you know, are in a situation where they, they, they have to act for appearances' sake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is Disney, which when... They have a donkey or a hyena. They use a black voice. Okay, it's true. This this, this is Disney. Yeah. That oh no, the donkey talks like where we go. It's like <laughs> oh really? I mean, and and now Disney is suddenly somehow has some um, some peg on the culture. Look at look at the animals. They come on. I never even thought about that. Oh, okay. I didn't. I never thought about that. But you're right. Like Shrek is uh, oh, Eddie Murphy. God. Yeah, and, and and Chris Rock is yeah. what is he? The donkey in some. One of them or something, and then and then they've got the hyenas in one of the other ones, and they're all they all have black voices to them. I, I mean, I, right? I mean, I mean yeah, I, I, you, I never you guys, thought about you guys it. on Facebook and you guys out there listening to the show, go ahead and start compiling a list of all the animals 
that and basically usually the animals that have the black sounding voices are not the prestigious animals in their Disney productions, right? I mean, they're never usually, thought about they're it, usually yeah, like I mean, the, the, the ones that are the most trouble or, or, or it's a donkey or, or whatever. I mean, I, I'm, it just seems to me that Disney stereotypes kind of all the time, although I would never, I would never compare a black person to a hyena or a donkey or whatever, but for whatever reason, they, they decide, we're, hey, let's have the black guy do the donkey. Let's have the, let's have the black guy do the hyena. Let's have the black guy do the crow. I mean, it's, it's, it's come on, you guys. You guys, I know. I, I can't think of it right off the top of my head because I haven't given it much thought because I'm just kind of riffing here. But just keep on go through your dialogues and your analog and, and your other things and and figure out that. Uh, remember, um, there was a character in Lion King. Yeah, well, you're talking about the hyena. Well, the hyena, but then there was a character in Lion King with the gay voice. He was the bad Scar. guy. Scar. Scar <laughs> was the bad guy. It's like, why do you have Scar sounding like he's he the effeminate? Hi, I'm Scar. I'm going to kill you. It's like, why are you doing that? So, so they stereotype all the time. <laughs> I never thought about it. Oh, I mean, it. look, look, just go, go, down the, go down the whole thing. Hi, I'm Scar. Come here, little lion. I'm going to, I'm going to eat you alive. Uncle Scar. Is it like, and he's an uncle, you know? I mean, come on. And then I, I can't even begin. I think the hyenas, and then there's a, there's always. I'm always. I've. I, by the way, I'm. I've had five kids. Okay, I've been through the old Disney movies, and I've been through the new Disney movies, and not not a day goes by where I watch a Disney movie where I'm like going, man, how'd they get away with that? Yeah. And why do, why do they make that this. animal sound like the black guy? It's like wow. I mean, believe yeah. me. So yeah. uh, Brian, as people go on Facebook. And add more because I know there are other people who have more of the uh, more uh, more of the, uh, the the references because I I can't think of all of them off the top of my head so think wow. about it oh yeah, yeah. Am, I, am I right or am I wrong no you're you're spot on so they didn't have to cancel the show and but it's all for appearances sake and and that's just how companies operate these days that's that's how it is we talked about that last week it was it was last man standing with tim tim allen yeah, wasn't that yeah. on we were just talking about that yeah. that you know they they will never tolerate a conservative voice on that channel these guys and it's same way with when intercom got rid of me uh which is in complete violation of my contract i, I know a lot of people out there also said oh uh it's, this is an at-will state. You can fire anybody. Not when you have a contract. I mean, right. try just grabbing some brains off the shelf at Walgreens or something and, and, and smash them into your head and realize that when people have a contract, it's not an at-will state anymore. But when they decided to, uh, they knew that they were going to hemorrhage advertisers and lose a ton of money. But they didn't care because they wanted the appearance of it. And they figured, you know what their thought is, we'll just fire 10 people. Yeah. What do we care? Absolutely. We'll, fi- we'll fire 20 people. If we start losing money, we'll go all around intercoms, radio stations all throughout the country and just start lopping heads off, and yeah. that'll save us money. We won't lose money. Yeah. They, yeah. They, would, they would never actually lose money. No way. And, and that's why they knew that they wouldn't be the ones that would lose money. It would be the account rep 
who no longer has has half his or her income cut in half because I'm gone. They don't care about the account rep and because they're, they're not going to absorb the money. They, they didn't tell the account reps, hey, you know what? We're going to fire him, but we're going to dump an extra 20000 into your in right. your uh, bi-monthly income, whatever it is, just to make up for it. They never did that. They're going to make them all suffer. That's how. That's the intercom way. That's the corporate way. So that's what they do. It is. You talked about Publix yesterday that you know they didn't care when they didn't care by making all the two A you know supporters mad. They could care less. Yeah, because they, they where else are they going to shop? Right. And 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 if they start losing money, they'll fire a checker. And Amen. make people stand in line longer. The corporations self checkout. Yeah, the the corporations never eat any amount of cost. The only people that truly eat costs in this country are small businesses, like Discovery Design or whatever else. These are guys who employ 30, 40 people, and they know every single one of them and every single one of their families. And when there's a downturn, they don't punish the family. They decide, well, you know what? We're not. We're going to be the ones. If you, you talk to Rick Pogue over at Discovery Design or Jerry and these guys, and that's how they operate. If they have a downturn, they don't turn. They don't punish their employees. You're a small business. Yeah. Man. If you have a downturn, maybe if you, if and Ryan Jaycox doesn't have downturns, but I'm just saying, <laughs> let's say Ryan Jaycox and his company. It's a great point. Had a downturn, then maybe one trip you were going to take isn't going to happen. Whatever. You don't sit there and, and punish somebody who no works for way. you. No way. But big corporations do because they just don't care about you. I'm not opposed to big corporations. I'm just a realist. And so big corporations never lose money, which is why when they canceled Roseanne or they fired me or whatever, they don't care. They'll, they'll throw 20 people out onto the street and be done, and wash their hands of it, and 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 have the uh, the the joy of having fallen to the uh, to the left wing conspiracy. I do have to tell you though, got to hand it to the left wing and Democrats, specifically Democrats in Missouri, because boy, they certainly they certainly stand together. And if and if you actually go to someone like Gina Mitten, who's a Democrat from Missouri, uh, sh- de- more Democrats stood by Eric Greitens than Republicans seem to have. Yeah, you know, sadly, I mean, sadly, and that's really too bad. Some of them I've known for a long time who were very, their behavior was very disappointing. Some of them were term limited and that's, and, and, and they didn't care either way. They just wanted to make sure that they burnished their image on the way out so as to make sure they got better jobs on the way out. But people like, uh, Shamed Dogan and Gene Evans and Speaker Richardson and some of these other folks, so disappointing uh, in terms of, of, of them finding Eric Greitens guilty before there was ever really a trial or anything else. And so uh, really, really a shame. Yesterday and so shocking. yesterday it was pretty surprising when Eric Greitens said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, I came to office to fight up. for the people of Missouri. To fight for the forgotten. I love Missouri, and I love our people. Don't bring some guy in to fight for the forgotten, because the only people that the people like Parson and other individuals remember are their donors and the people benefiting from the tax credits. Those are the people they remember. Uh, Unfortunately, Eric Greitens came in, and he offended everybody 
by calling some of them out for being third graders and in some cases just not caring enough about Missouri and only caring enough about themselves. So he went into the swamp and paid for it in spades, that's for sure. That love remains. I am thankful to all those who have worked beside me, sweated beside me, those who gave their time, their energy, and their precious resources so that we could pursue our mission of taking Missouri in a new and better direction. We have accomplished a lot together. I am proud of you, and I am proud of all of our work. The last few months have been incredibly difficult for me, for my family, for my team, for my friends, and for many, many people that I love. This ordeal has been designed to cause an incredible amount of strain on my family. Millions of dollars of mounting legal bills, endless personal attacks designed to cause maximum damage to family and friends. Legal harassment of colleagues, friends, and campaign workers. And it's clear that for the forces that oppose us, there is no end in sight. I cannot allow those forces to continue to cause pain and difficulty to the people that I love. I know, and people of good faith know, that I am not perfect. But I have not broken any laws nor committed any offense worthy of this treatment. I will let the fairness of this process be judged by history. Yeah. Governor Greitens is too good for Missouri. That's, that's the problem. And now we've got, you know, the... So they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly. Governor, Governor Mike Parsons. Movie stars. The Beverly Hillbillies. Welcome, welcome to Jefferson City. And a whole new, brand new episode of the Beverly Hillbillies. Between Mike Parson and Scott Fawn and the rest of the gang out there, they're... A new sheriff in town. That's right, buddy. They just they 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 discovered oil down there in Jefferson City right now with the resignation of Eric Greitens, and that's what you're going to get. People think that because Parsons is a Republican, they think, well, we're still because most people aren't that plugged in. They don't. They see an R, they think, well, we're okay. We still have a Republican there. Missouri's going to be fine. You know, I'm just telling you that's because they just may not know Parsons or these. People that we've and you've done just an amazing job at kind of exposing. There are Republicans who have gills because they live in the swamp and that's where they exist. And Parson is one of them. You're not gonna you're not gonna get any real change in the state of Missouri, which is which is what many of these Republicans they didn't want that they were more than comfortable down there in their little fiefdoms. They all had their little points of control. They all had their little, you know, budget gifts they were giving to people. They didn't like that Eric Greitens wanted to cut the budget. They didn't like that Eric Greitens wanted to get rid of the tax uh, 
these these tax breaks for these guys who are getting rich off of public housing and all the other things. They, they didn't they didn't want that. I mean, because many of these people, the same people getting rich off of the tax credits, were also donating to the people running the show down there. And Republicans were for a long time have been running the show, and they've been able to monopolize a lot of this money, and they don't want to let go of it. It's, 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 that's what this is about. These guys don't care about ethics down there or affairs or marriages or families or this or that. The people who – the Republicans who were calling for his resignation, some of them are people who are term limited, and all they care about is having – or is telling somebody after they left that they called for Governor Greitens' resignation yep. and stood up for the Me Too movement. And then the others down there were just protecting their own flanks. Because otherwise, if they really did care, they would have waited for the process to play out. And ironically, even as of April 10th or so, Republic, uh, Democrats like Gina Mitten and Tommy Pearson were the ones when asked whether Governor Greitens should resign, they were like, well, we we know we we are trying to go through the process right now of working this thing out. But boy, if if you need any kind of assistance, support, <laughs> or if you need any kind of loyalty, don't rely on a Republican. Pretty much ever. It's true. I'm just I'm just telling you. You've been there. Done Republicans that. will throw you under the bus and throw each other under the bus with the drop of a hat. So you got to admire Democrats, even though for the most part they are wrong on a lot of issues. <laughs> Agreed. At least they stand together in their wrongness. Amen. They do. But, boy, you, you can't trust a Republican as far as you can throw them. And I don't care where you go. Missouri is a great example of that. But you can't trust, you can't trust a Republican. So everybody was asking, and I was curious to see when I was watching this, you texted me and you were like, hey, Turn this on, you know, so I turned it on. I was watching this. And one of my first thoughts was, why? Truly, why did he, he had a a court, uh, you know, he was was going to be presenting this and this was going to go to court. Why do you think he stopped fighting? Well, first of all, it wasn't going to end. And secondly, it was also going to go to another level. And the other level was going to involve the feds. And at that point, then what you have, I mean, could because keep in mind, Catherine Hannaway and Ed Dowd, two of his most prominent attorneys, are both former U.S. attorneys. And they know a little bit about all this kind of stuff. And even though, in my opinion, our local feds, these guys are in my, don't have an axe to grind or anything else, once the feds get involved, then you start getting into other areas where even the even the most minor kind of thing you could you could screw up paperwork and mm-hmm. be federally indicted and a couple of things were happening here one was i just don't think that governor greitens felt like it was that, that 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 being amongst these people down there was worth it i think governor greitens is way too good for this state and way too good for most of the people down there in jefferson city so i think at that point he pretty much kind of had enough he's got a wife he's got kids He's got people mm-hmm. down there. He's got certainly a future. He's 44 years old, uh, and he's 10,000 times more intelligent than probably 10 Republicans mm-hmm. down there put together in one room. And so at that point, how much do you really want to keep 
messing with this when you have uh, a one newspaper town in St. Louis and the newspaper has basically been dedicated to bringing you down. Your demise. You have you have the Democratic Party, which is, even though some of them have been more fair than Republicans, that's dedicated to bringing you down. You have a Republican Party that is dedicated to bringing you down. So at what point does it become a situation where the uh, where the returns are are in the negatives at that point and then and then you've got these federal people involved who who will i guarantee you one of his people make any kind of mistake uh he's going to be drawn into it which is also what i think happened although he's too much of a man to 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 blame others for it because he's he's that's not his background that's right. not his pedigree the reality is he's I think he had some people working for him who um unfortunately because of his novice nature in politics who uh weren't serving him well and they were doing things and and messing around with stuff that that I don't think they they really were helping him uh I think on the other hand too it was the same thing that happened to Freeman Bosley Freeman Bosley got a bunch of his friends in city hall and you know here was a here was a guy who really was uh first black mayor mm-hmm. and uh but then he brought in a bunch of his high school buddies to work with city hall with him and and fast forward to the midnight midnight basketball scandal these guys had no interest in helping freeman so i think there were a couple people uh, within the greitens camp who i don't think served him well i mean he'd never say that right because he's that that's not the way he's he takes built. the fall he takes the fall and i think at some point he just um decided what what, what am i here for I, I can't. I can't get anything done because the Republicans don't have the stones to kind of stand up for the the business of the people because they're too busy trying to feather their nests with all that's wrong with me. So, at what point do you just simply say, "Screw this! I've I've had enough. Uh, I, I I don't need to put up with this crap." And all all that's happening right now is people just continue to uh, make cases against me. At some point. You know, I don't think it's cowardly of him to say, "Yeah, you know, why am I here? Why am I? Why am I? Why is my wife and my two? Why are? Why am I making forcing them to live down here in this swamp down here, and and, and go through this constant barrage and being harassed by every court imaginable, and being harassed by my own party at this point." And they don't want me here because they don't want any kind of reforms that I've been talking about. So at that point, you're like, screw it. And I'm done. And like he said, the mounting legal bills, this, as you pointed out a, days prior, this was a, eventually coming out of his pocket because they ruled against having this covered by state attorneys and, and, and state funds. So this was also just his money. Yeah, you're in, you're in the middle of some kangaroo court. And you have a situation where, first of all, they're not allowing your attorneys to cross-examine <laughs> witnesses, which there's precedent for that in other cases before. But honestly, uh, that doesn't mean that it, that has to be the rule. And so you're, you're not allowed to do anything that a normal citizen would be able to do. And you're being brought to court and into legal proceedings where, by the state which has unlimited resources, right. and, and uh, Richardson's not paying for an attorney. These committees aren't paying for attorneys, so they make him, but they make him have to pay for the attorneys. Why, why, would you, why would you endure all that? 
Why would you do that? I wouldn't. No. That's your whole family's financial future. God, it's ridiculous. So at, at that point, it does become a money thing. Uh, and then, of course, you also have a situation where, uh, in the end, uh, Governor Greitens sees his future, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want the next five years of his future him toiling around, and, and then he's, he's, he wasn't going to run for governor again anyway at this point. And so I don't, why endure it? Why just keep throwing money away when you're basically surrounded by third-world court proceedings and third-world prosecutors, and you're just bankrupting yourself? What's his future? Uh, I think it's more of a national scope. I think he's, I think he's got a future within the, uh, you know, on, on the federal side. I think he's got a future in a lot of different fashions. I, th- I think he's 44 years old. Right. He's, he, he's, you know. Politics, that's young. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and so I, I think, you know, I think, I think he's got a future. I don't know, I don't know what it is because he, you know, keep in mind, here's a guy who was a Navy SEAL uh, and ran a really good, great, helpful charity, and Rhodes Scholar, and then became governor. So, if you just look at his resume, you couldn't ever predict where Eric Reitens is going to go. But wherever he goes next, he'll be successful, and he won't have to put up with these hayseeds down there who don't understand or don't want to give him legal. Uh, the kind of legal proceedings and, and legal largesse that most citizens get. I, you know, and, and by the way, when I do the whole hayseed Beverly Hillbilly thing, I'm not really trying to <laughs> insinuate somehow that it's flyover country, whatever. But you guys get the point. I mean, uh, th- these guys are... I get the Scott point. Fawn is a hick, all right? I'm, I'm sorry, but he's just a bohunk from Poplar Bluff, and he's a hick. All right. And, and these guys operate in a good old boy network. Why these women like Gene Evans is, are trying to suck up to Scott Fawn and Mike Parson and all these other guys down there with the, in, the, in the good old boy club down there is beyond me because it's not going to help them in any way, shape or form. But it's still I mean, you're you're back about 20 years down there in that culture. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You. I believe it. I mean, the stories that you've told. My wife, I'll get home and she's like, are you kidding about oh, yeah. some of that stuff? I was like, no, that really is happening. Yeah, right, exactly. It's unbelievable. I mean, if some of these guys had their way, Shamed Dogan wouldn't even be able to vote. <laughs> it's true. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's really bad. I mean, just go down there. Just spend any amount of time down there. <laughs> it is the most backwards place you're going to find anywhere. And it's different than, like, real people. You know what I mean? Like real people. I'm not talking about real people right. that voted for Donald Trump or re- these people. I-, I guarantee you, there were maybe like three Republicans down there who voted for Donald Trump. I guarantee you that. Maybe three or four down there. We're going to talk to one of them because he's going to be uh, joining us. Nick Schroer, who's going to be joining us at about eight o'clock, and then uh, Mark Cason's going to come in. Mark Cason has known Eric Greitens since he was a little kid. You know that? Oh, they personally knew each other. He knew his family. Gotcha. I think one point there there was a time when actually Kaysen had a had a recording of Eric Greitens saying he was going to be the next president of the United States. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And keep in mind, Eric Greitens still could be the next president Absolutely. of the United States. Absolutely. So uh, don't. I mean, you guys might think that. 
that he's finished and he's done, he's washed up, and all the Twitter trolls are celebrating. But believe me, you know, 10 years down the line, this guy could be the next president of the United States. So just, I mean, or the Republican president of the United States. So don't, I wouldn't exactly uh, write him off at this point. But at some point, I think most normal people who have an ounce of common sense saw what was going on down here. You could do poll after poll, that's fine, and Democrats and Republicans, but the reality is most of us kind of saw what was going on. So it got to the point where even if there was actually some transgression, although we know the affair was one because Eric Greitens said it was, but even though though if there was um, one transgression, people lost sight of that because they saw the unfairness of the process and how this guy was basically lynched in the media and by his own party. And so so there might have been a transgression somewhere, but at that point, most common sense yeah. people didn't care anymore because the, all they saw was a witch hunt and somebody being treated like other Americans would not be in a normal situation. Correct. He was so. treated that way because he had an R next to his name in some cases. And uh, they, you know, the hypocrisy of classic conservative, uh, uh, you know, having an affair. And I think most people, they see right through that. But what was sad is, is what you really pointed to, which was the fact that many, it wasn't even just the left, it was the right and that's what made it just a disgusting situation. Yeah. I, I, you, you, you can't trust. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I, um, let's see. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find my, I'll go, actually, you know, I'm, I've got to go way back in my texts to, um, I, and, and pardon me for doing this, but I'm going to way back in my texts. And while I'm doing that, by the way, do you notice that the left, even though obviously they had their scalp in the formulation of uh, of Roseanne Barr, and and clearly you know Roseanne Barr made a huge mistake. Yeah, sure. you, you have to be a real gem to compare a black person to an ape. I mean, it's just it's like it's not it's not acceptable under any circumstances. So, uh, and I but I didn't think Disney should have uh, should have gotten rid of her uh, nonetheless. But Disney wanted to. So, uh, so they they wanted to get rid of her anyway and get rid of the show. It was embarrassing to oh, them yeah. and their little culture. So again, you had the same the same company that uses black voices for donkeys and hyenas and that kind of thing suddenly found it intolerable that that Roseanne Barr would do that. And then she did a, she did apologize for it, which probably should have been good enough considering there were going to be 125 people put out of work and Disney was only doing it for appearances' sake. Correct. And, and they didn't care about the money, again, as I pointed out earlier, because they didn't, they didn't care about the money because they knew that all they had to do to make up for it was fire a few people or get rid of kids. They would come out of somebody's, somebody's hide. But keep in mind, the, the left, though, it wasn't enough for them uh, to to talk about this in a educated fashion. They had to figure out a way to blame President Trump or even Sarah Palin. They were blaming her for this as well. I mean, if we're going to be honest, Steve Schmidt, some of that had its um, uh, birth in the Sarah Palin crowds. I mean, you and I both saw it. And while uh, across the Midwest, John McCain was... So you had five people on one panel basically (laughs) blaming... 
uh, Sarah Palin and white people and viewers of The Roseanne Show, Trump supporters, everybody else, for what Roseanne said while she was in the throes of an ambient coma at 2.45 in the morning making a racist comment. This is where the left loses so much credibility as if they had any to begin with (laughs) because they turn this into a Trump thing. They turn this into a Sarah Palin thing. You had to really go back there. And, and at that point, how you just don't click these people off at that point, you, you can leave well enough alone and say, this was horrible what, what, what Sarah Palin said. You can leave well enough alone and, and be done with it. But, but to, to turn this into a multi-panel CNN, MSNBC right. blame game of President Trump is just so weird to me. But they did it. They did it. So I found I found what I wanted to what, it, uh, what I wanted to tell you real quickly, um, and and that is a let's see, um, let's see. Uh, yeah, well, I don't want to be too hard on him because his he did send me a note um, at one point in April, but. Then I sent him. Then, then I sent him all kinds of things in early May. Who's him? Well, I'll get to that in oh. a second. Uh, all kinds of things in early May, basically showing him, "Hey, I'm, I'm I've got Radio Free Almond now, and would love to have you on, and would love to be you know get get you get you on the show like you've always been on the show. Uh, would love to kind of connect with you because after all, you know, essentially I I helped you get reelected and. I've even traveled places to get you elected. I even met with you at a at a hotel uh, with your wife, uh, Frontenac Hilton, and powwowed with you when you were nervous about how the election was going to go versus Jason Kander. And I gave you free advice and all that kind of stuff and said, hey, you know, you can do this. Just stay with it. And about Trump, he was worried about Trump and whether or not he was going to be punished for being a Republican in the Trump land, I go, no, I guarantee you people are going to vote for Trump in Missouri. I, I guarantee you that. So I uh, talked him off the ledge, everything else. So um, wanted, uh, I reached out to Roy Blunt on May 8th, and it's been nothing but crickets. So that's, I mean, and, and again, usually, usually I, I couldn't stop them from contacting me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Every time there was something going on. In fact, they would dictate, well, not really dictate, but they would say, can we be on at 7.30? I go, sure. Can we, can we be on at 7.30 in the morning on, on 97? Went, sure, of course, yeah. But, but since May 8th, it's like, boom. Which is right back to what you talked about, which is they are, gosh, if you are ever in trouble in life, and boy, you need a, a raft thrown to you, a lifeline thrown to you, Pray to God it's not a Republican that you have to rely yep. on. No doubt about it, because they're n- they they will throw each other under the bus within a moment. So I mean, now you have people like look at a classic example of that 
would be like Mitt Romney, who was on MSNBC. So Stephanie know. Romney will be back on the debate stage, as you mentioned, for the only time in this Republican primary. He will likely be attacked from the right in this debate. But remember, he has the endorsement of Orrin Hatch, the senator he's trying to replace, and President Trump's endorsement. Uh, so it's an uphill fight for his primary opponent. But this idea of trying to drive a wedge between Romney and Trump is something that uh, those on the far right may try to exploit tonight. But, but see, here's the deal. This is a debate for the U.S. Senate seat. He's got the endorsement of President Trump, but the headline is that Mitt Romney still does not consider President Trump to be a role model. I so 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 yeah. there you have. And again, I, I don't even the role model thing is uh, you know I've never I've never appreciated in sports. Uh, I, I don't believe you know if, if if you got a role model, it ought to be your parents. That that's what parents ought to be striving for. And, you know, a role model shouldn't be some guy playing baseball or a politician or anything else. But nonetheless, you can, though, certainly appreciate uh, models in general. So I would love my children to possess the kind of energy and passion of a President Trump and how they comport themselves in normal life to me, it's kind of up to me in my direction or their mom's direction or whatever. Yes. And, and so I don't, I, don't, um, I don't think that my kids need to look up to LeBron James to, for their direction in life and wouldn't ever count on him to be a role model. Yeah, there's characteristics that you see in different people. Just, you don't want them to emulate their entire life, but there are certainly characteristics, like you said, with Trump. There are things that I show my daughter that it's like, that is exactly how you have to handle life. How he makes a deal right there, understand exactly how he did that because that will help you throughout your entire life. Yeah. I mean, but but again, you're right. And then you've got these guys like Romney and these others who will try to play it both ways. And that's, that's, I wouldn't want Romney to be a role model for my kids. First of all, he's such a pansy, he doesn't order the soup at lunch. When the boss does. So, so that automatically, I've already told my kids, don't ever do that. And also to be a wishy-washy, middle-of-the-roader, ship-jumping traitor like Mitt Romney. And, 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 and loser on top of that. So, <laughs> you know, low yeah. energy. So I wouldn't, I'd rather have my kids model themselves after Trump if they're going to model themselves after anybody outside of my family, Right. Than Mitt Romney, I, I I can say that in all honesty because there's something about your core when it comes to loyalty and when it comes to uh, those kinds of things that 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 count. And I guarantee you, the first person, one of the first people in any political circle who called me after all this happened was none other than Governor Eric Greitens, who was in the throes of his own crap. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's because early on, I defended him on the basis of what was right, not what was optical, what was perfect, what Easy. was this, what was that. And, and you know, it would be nice if, if, for instance, like a company, companies would stand by their people and say, listen, they apologize or they did this, they didn't mean it that way, or let them speak. Like, for instance, I wasn't allowed to even defend myself, even if there was any apologies to make or any uh Reasoning to be given, I wasn't allowed to do any of that because corporate PR was supposedly handling it. Uh, Disney didn't have to fire Roseanne. They could have accepted her apology, which obviously was heartfelt. What she said was 
ridiculous. You don't compare black people to apes. I mean, there's, there's no defense of that under any circumstances, and she doesn't want people to defend it either. But Disney could have kept the, kept the show because, because there are greater things in terms of what matters. But they just wanted to be able to throw another token uh, to the left-wing mob, which constantly needs to kind of be fed or it'll turn on you. So you kind of keep, you got to keep throwing the bone, you know, to, to them. Otherwise they'll turn on you. But Disney doesn't even have to worry about that. This is what they hated about Trump is Trump. And see, this is what people get so tired of is before somebody goes out and makes a statement like a Romney, they consult 10 people. Hey, how do you think we should react to this? Well, polling shows, blah, blah, blah. And see, they hated with Trump. Trump oftentimes didn't even ask his family. He was just like, this is how yeah, I feel. Yeah. I could care less what the polls say. I could care less what people around me are saying. This is how I feel. And he would say it, and people were so attracted to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Disney, the Disney CEO, cancel Roseanne's show, and then after that, call Chris Rock to see if he can voice the donkey in our next, <laughs> in our next movie. Call, call Whoopi Goldberg and she, if she can play the hippopotamus in our, in our next movie, she can voice the, the big fat hippo. Will you do that for me? Thank you very much. Ridiculous. We'll be back, right? Yeah. I think I'm sophisticated because I'm living my life like a good homo But all around me, everybody's multiplying and they're walking around the tries, man. So I'm no better than the animals sitting in the cages in the zoo, man. Because compared to the flowers and the birds and the trees, I am an ape man. I think I'm so educated and I'm so civilized because I'm a straight vegetarian. And with the overpopulation and inflation and starvation and the crazy politicians, I don't feel safe in this world no more. I don't want to die in the nuclear war. I want to stay away. indeed everybody good morning this morning and welcome to radio free almond people yes so how are the comments going people going crazy yeah good there was some campaigning on our feed which you know what it's radio free almond hey 
That's the beauty of it. Well, they well they know where the audience is. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'd campaign on the comment <laughs> section too. Well, I mean, what are they tying it to something, or are they just going on and saying, you just know, I support, and you know, <laughs> why this person or that person should support so and so? I would I be you. doing that too. Yeah, thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Missouri are seeing that. People, we call it Radio Free Almond for a reason. If you want to go on there and uh, and ply your trade. Just don't put like links to I made a million dollars selling blah blah blah. <laughs> yes, that will get you banned. <laughs> but you know, if you're uh, if you're in that mode, go ahead and, and do it. These guys are working hard, man. I, they're, they're taking every kind of option they possibly can. I like the gumption. I like your music selection as well. You like the song Today. Eight Man, do you? I did. The Kinks, it's a good live song. <laughs> Great song. I'm I'm glad President Trump didn't play that as the intro music for <laughs> yeah. his rally because people would have made connections and those oh, kinds yeah. of things. Well, but they already called him an orangutan, if you remember. Or orange, because yeah. orange, the orange-faced yeah. orangutan. Oh yeah, because that's okay to do. Yeah. Well, it's okay, it's also okay to call people white supremacists like to 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 put that in there and call them white supremacists or nazis or whatever but there's just certain things you can't you can't do in society and i think you all kind of know what those are and and by the way there's certainly things you can't do for sure as a conservative or a republican there's a lot of things you can do as a democrat oh yeah but again i i'm not (laughs) I still find it crazy that people, like, people still do the whole ape, you know, saying or N-word thing. I just, I don't get that, but, and it's not defensible, but I'm not defending it. But I am, but but it, it's worth noting that certain people get past a lot of things and other people don't. And usually the people that get past the most things would be somebody of a different political persuasion than a conservative or a Republican or whatever. And then that's just a, that's just a matter of fact. Yeah. There's certain, it is funny. If you have a label, depending on your label, it's what you can quote unquote, get away with in life. Like if you label yourself a Christian there, you will absolutely. And as you probably should be held to a higher standard, but boy, if you make a mistake, yeah. Like, I wouldn't, like, when Joy Behar said what she said about Mike Pence, there were people who were right. wanting, wanting her fired. Uh, I, I've, never, I've never been on the record as wanting anybody fired for what they said. As you all know, I've defended some of the worst people out there, uh, whether it be Kathy Griffin or Snoop Dogg with the Trump toe tag right. or uh, Maria Chappelle Nadal when she did the, all that and and um and I still don't think Roseanne Barr should have been fired should have been her, her show should have been canceled. Um I you can say that what she said was horrible but that doesn't mean you cancel the show. Why 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 was the show canceled? I mean other other than just simply what she said was abhorrent, but what was it in Disney's mind that made it necessary then to cancel the show? Like, I, I like I don't get that. Yeah. Would would people who because the people who hate Roseanne Barr or who are of more of a liberal mindset, whatever, 
aren't going to be aggrandized by an action that Disney takes. Uh, and so uh, by cutting down a show, because they're not going to reward them. It was kind of <laughs> like with 97.1. What did 97.1 think? That that Stacey Newman and her little gang of idiots was going to suddenly turn on 97.1 and start listening to the show? We laugh about I, this all it, the it's, time. It's, it just is ridiculous. And then then on top of that, you lose most of your other listeners because you made a gutless, cowardly decision. And so, you know, ABC, it, this is typical of, 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 of how these guys operate. And again, it's not lost on us the hypocrisy of a Disney corporation that stereotypes racially all of its characters and, and yet at the same time find that the reprehensible thing that Roseanne said to be reprehensible enough to cancel the show. I mean, you know, you've got you, – what, what – besides Moana or uh, – was Moana – Moana's a Disney one. Yeah. Besides that, has there ever been any character, like an African-American black character in a Disney movie – the frog voiced, princess. Voiced or otherwise, that has been uh, elevated to some kind of iconic status. Like, uh, no. Th- like, there, there aren't any, like, black characters in Disney's movies, correct? That have been... Frog princess. Okay, I've never, I've never even, like, heard of frog princess. <laughs> yeah. It's a Disney. I mean, it's a, it's a big one. But oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. And she was, I believe, African-American, but... It's your to your point. It's very rare. Yeah, I mean, most most of the time, Jasmine any any and... semblance of a black presence in a Disney movie is usually voicing a donkey, a hyena, or a hippopotamus. As in, what I can't remember what the movie was, but it was one of those. Yeah, you know, Africa. Yeah. You know, even when they do movies about Africa. <laughs> The the the, the, the main characters are all given white voices. So I mean, it, so Disney doesn't fool anybody when it comes to being kind of racially no. sensitive or or that <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, come on, who are you kidding? And again, not defending Roseanne's comments, but th- they didn't need to cancel the show. I did uh, think that Van Jones really won, wins the award for uh, for going taking this way far because what they did was this is why the left constantly find itself cartooning itself because it takes an issue like this, doesn't take it for what it is, which is a coarse, ambient-brained, ambient-deluded, and she said, plus it was Memorial Day, which I assume meant that there was a a drink involved here, (laughs) and it's (laughs) 2.45 in the morning, and, and they take a really horrible comment by somebody and decide that they're going to use this comment instead of trying to actually turn it into something positive, for instance, about, about how, you know, you shouldn't be, do that. We all know you shouldn't do that. They decide they're going to exploit it so that they can perpetuate this myth about Donald Trump's racism, which there's not one ounce and never has been that Donald Trump is in any way, shape or form a racist, prejudiced, or anything. In fact, his actions, whether it be going to Detroit, promoting mm-hmm. community banks, whether it be growing an economy that has resulted in a black unemployment rate that has is the lowest in history, 
all of his actions indicate that he is helping black people more than he is hurting black people, uh, helping white people more than he's hurting white people or Hispanics more than he's hurting, whatever. And so there's not an ounce of racism in this guy, but what happens is the black bigots decide they're going to turn this around and do what they normally do, which is assume that anybody who's white and anybody in a position of power must be a racist, which is how many liberal CEOs are trained because they're so afraid of being called a racist because that's what is gratuitously sent their way at the drop of a hat. And really, it's kind of weird because among many members of the black community, including Van Jones, just being white makes you a racist. Just being white, because the white privilege thing is one of the most bigoted concepts that has ever been accepted in this society, uh, of modern day yeah. at least. And so the, the, the very fact that people will talk about white privilege automatically is a prejudicial, bigoted concept to begin with, which means uh, that they have automatically assumed because of your race, you are walking around with some apology to make to people. Yeah. That and, and how bigoted is that? I mean, if you, if, if you used, if I said that black people ought to be running around and uh, moving over to the side of the road for me oh. or giving me a, a job because I'm white uh, uh, and they're black or they're in a position of power <laughs> and I'm not, whatever, that would be terrible. Yeah. It's the double standard. I mean, even Valerie Jarrett, who yeah. was the subject of Roseanne Barr's horrible comment, tr- did, wasn't enough. She accepted the apology, but it wasn't enough for her. Uh, she decided to go ahead and turn this into a Trump thing. Yeah. and But, of course, Valerie Jarrett is one of those individuals who's used to kind of misrepresenting things because she's the one who lied about Benghazi and that kind of thing. So she's kind of used to just simply <laughs> redirecting and basically lying. So at least she's consistent in that sense. <laughs> she's a consistent liar. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, you know, you got you to gotta give her props yeah, for absolutely. being a consistent yeah consistently nefarious individual but but she turned it into a a trump thing so did van jones here he is dungy the president of abc entertainment roseanne's twitter statement is abhorrent repugnant and inconsistent with our values and we have decided to cancel her show by the way is there a difference between abhorrent and repugnant i think it's like the say it's like a synonym if you will well i'm just trying to figure out like (laughs) it is abhorrent and it's also repugnant, but is it abhorrent and repugnant? Because aren't those two Same. words? And, and, and clearly, Disney sat around and made this statement, right? They, 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 somebody sat around a, oh yeah, you know, a table, and oh. and made this statement. Use the put these two words together because because all this is done by committee. I mean, even when the when the goofballs at Entercom were coming up with yeah. their little. Thing they sent me something that was clearly copied and pasted by five different people. Like each each paragraph had a different font. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> so so that you know that's how that's how hapless these people in the I'll corporate world are. Fair yeah, right. Yeah. Can you handle the second one? Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's I'm how really good at intros. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that that's how that whole thing went down. But nonetheless, but somebody sat around and 
and and and made the statement. The statement just, is abhorrent, repugnant, and inconsistent with our values, and we have decided to cancel her show. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, our values, because we've never made a black person talk as an ape in any of our, our movies, but we have had black people talk as donkeys, hyenas, and big fat hippopotamuses. But nonetheless, this is inconsistent with our values. Well, uh, some things apparently are more important than money, um, even to a big corporation like ABC Disney. And that first of all, that is that that's exactly what Disney wants black people like Van Jones to believe and yes. liberals to believe that they're they don't care about the money. It's all about their integrity and their values. The reality is Disney doesn't care about the money because all they have to do is fire a hundred more people within Disney Corporation or uh, go to Disney World and yeah. just send, you know, 50 of their workers packing. And th- because the idea that somehow Disney is going to absorb any of the loss of revenue as a result of the cancellation of Roseanne's show is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, e- even when Entercom got rid of me, when, when everybody was trying to make the case to them that, hey, you do this, you're going to lose a lot of people, you're going to lose a lot of money, you're going to lose a lot of advertisers if you get rid of Allman. They didn't care because they knew what they would do is turn around and just fire a bunch of people and get rid of a bunch of staff at that station or that station or cut the pay or, or maybe we will miss a salesperson, whatever. And so, uh, and actually, they wound up hiring like cold call salesmen. They, they, they were so bad for them. But nonetheless, uh, they, these corporations, and again, nothing against a corporation. Disney has every right in the world to decide what it wants on its yep. uh, network and what it doesn't want on its network. So I'm not trying to deny Disney the right to, to, to do this. But the reality, this idea somehow that Disney's boy, look at them—they're eating all these millions of dollars in losses, and and uh, yeah. and and the, what a what a great organization they are because some things are more important than money. It's like no, nothing is more important than money to Disney. Yeah, they I live guarantee on their, you their stocks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, these guys aren't going to. These guys are And as I said earlier, and we are in the beautiful Discovery Design Studio here. Yeah, on the Hill, and thank you for uh, Rick Pogue and Jerry for supporting this and, 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 and putting their name on our studio. And, like, you take a company like that, Discovery yeah. Design, or you take a company like any of the other folks who are working with us. These are small businesses. They have 30 people, 40 people. They know every single one of them. They know all their kids. And the small businesses definitely eat the costs of any kind of downturn or any kind of loss. Sometimes you have to get rid of I mean, Sometimes you have to downsize if something is that bad. But for the most part, a small business isn't going to punish its own people. Corporations will because they don't even know who you are and they don't care who you are and any kind of loss. They, they just want to be able to look good when they go to the next Hollywood party or when they're in the Hamptons or whatever else. They want to make sure that they're not Absolutely. held to account. They don't, otherwise, they, they don't care about black people. They don't care about white people. They don't care about who voices mm-hmm. the, the hyena, except as long as Image. they're black. Uh, and, and they don't care about much. But they tricked Van Jones into believing they did. That is very heartening uh, because we've been in a moral free fall 
for at least three years. And, you know, from my point of view, one of the great things that, uh, you know, uh, is, you know, a moral freefall with the election of President Trump. I've often made the case uh, when we talk about morality. What is more moral? Talking like you believe in a better economy or that you believe in the sanctity of life or whatever, or actually taking action to make sure that people are enjoying a good economy, a thriving economy, and that you are protecting life. What's more, what's more moral? Being a doer or a talker? Yeah. It's like when, when President Obama talked to, when, when President Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. these guys, it, was, it, was, it rolled off their tongue like, normally we just promise people we're going to do that. We don't really do it. It's like that's, how, that's what you got from Obama and the other guys who were shocked that President Trump kept the promise. Is that, is that a moral freefall? When you have every time you turn on CNN, they're shocked that President Trump said something and meant it and did it and acted on it. It's not really, sh- I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, it is, is what, what is more moral um, when, when it comes to the Democratic Party that, that lionized a guy who drowned his girlfriend in a creek? Yeah. I mean, how is that, how, how can you basically carry the moral mantle when you are promoting the deaths of babies yeah, and it, and all, and also looking past a guy who they put this guy up for president of the United States. They loved Ted Kennedy. Kennedy. Oh yeah, they loved him. What happened on that night for them was just no big deal. Oh yeah, every guy's taking a girl home from a party, yeah. runs her into a creek, and then leaves and goes home to rest a little bit. No biggie. Yeah, no biggie. But he's he's the liberal lion. Oh, they never yeah. they never mentioned like one thing about that whole thing. Is that the party that is that the and and, and Van Jones is talking about a moral freefall for the next, last three years or Clinton, where, where we've got a president <laughs> who has uh, promoted more peace throughout yes. the world than Obozo did in eight years, and in fact, Obozo created more terrorism across the world. Than, than anything else, and yet President Trump is creating more peace. So how is that a moral freefall? Did you, how is it a moral freefall? Sorry, but, but no, how is it a moral freefall when, when black unemployment is at its lowest right. it's ever been in history thanks to the actions of President Trump, and Obozo did nothing? And, and how is it a moral freefall when you have... By the way, the day after we talked about the shootings in Chicago... And when David Hogg went down to Publix where, and, and stood in the produce aisle, where it's a lot safer than being on uh, a street in Southside Chicago. So uh, better to be near the oranges and the apples and the bananas than be on a street corner in Chicago because you're never going to get hurt in that, right. that sense. If, if anything, people are just going to step over <laughs> you so they can, they can buy their produce. But how is it moral when you can just simply look past the rampant every weekend massacres that happen in Chicago and still with a straight face say that it's Ryan and Jamie's fault <laughs> because they support the NRA that this is going on. Yeah, that's it. it is, that's a moral free fall. Yeah. Were you 
during the Clinton era, were you calling for his impeachment? Were no. You, uh, you were not. Absolutely not. I don't think, uh, I, I don't think impeachment is uh, the, I, I know it's, it, it's, it's allowed, it's there. Sure. Uh, but I didn't support it when President Clinton was in office uh, because I felt like it was going to be disruptive. I think it's horrible for the country. Sure. And I think what happened in Missouri was it, the, the whole impeachment process was a sham and horrible. And we'll get to that when Kaysen's in. We'll talk a little bit more about that because you all have to understand that the demise of Governor Greitens really took mostly place at the hands of other Republicans, who, by the way, will tell you that they have the moral uh, the, the moral high ground because they got rid of their own. That's what Republicans like to say when they throw right. one of their yeah. own under the bus the way they did with Greitens. But really, in the end, most of us know why they were doing all this with Greitens. It, wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with the care for Kitty Sneed or anything else. I'm still curious, by the way, because we had that interview yesterday. Talk to people again. I'm still curious. Maybe in the aftermath of all this, we'll, we'll hear from Chris Coster <laughs> About why he didn't stand up for the woman who referred to him as a father figure, uh, and and because obviously if you're a father figure, why wouldn't you be out there carrying the mantle of the Me Too movement on behalf of the, I guess presumably the daughter figure in this case, who would be Kitty, who referred to him as the father figure. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he during the campaign say, "Elect me governor," because Governor Greitens took her into a basement. And blah, blah, blah. And he's abusive to this woman who's calling me a father figure. Why? You should vote for me as governor. Why wouldn't he take such an easy approach? It's been mystifying to me. And maybe someone can maybe even call into the show and suggest perhaps a reason why Chris Coster and the Democratic Party during the time, when they, and they knew about these tapes and everything, why they wouldn't, why they wouldn't, step up and make this a big deal during the campaign. It seems like it would be easy, especially since Coster had such a prominent and yeah. large role in the life of this woman who's, who was allegedly abused by Governor Greitens. So to expound upon that, why would you not be out there about that? There is typically a common reason why if something well, because, well, could... You know, it's because, Ryan, come on. It's because they wanted to be fair and only talk about the issues. You're right. That must be it. No, you're right. The Democratic Party, because they're all about just focusing on the issues. They don't want to focus on personal stuff. No. They're above why. that. It's probably, I don't know. Maybe just, yeah. So what's the number there, Ryan? 314-462-2772. 314-462-2772. It is, in fact, important that red uh, state America be better represented uh, in the media. But they can have a better representative than a rank bigot um, who is a conspiracy theorist and who is trashing uh, good people in this country. Was Roseanne a representative of red state America? I mean, I mean, the, the, her show focused on many a variety of themes that were congruent with some of the concerns of red state America. I, right. I understand that the economy, immigration, that kind of thing. But Roseanne's character on the show was fairly liberal. I mean, in terms of, you know, you know, when it comes to gay marriage yeah. or things, she was fairly 
she was fairly pretty much middle of the road. I, I think like a lot of people are. And I wouldn't exactly call her a representative of, of red state America. I mean, she represented red state America more. But keep in mind, too, she also is a character on a television show. <laughs> it's a character. I mean, she, you know, she wasn't, I don't recall her on the television show tweeting anything when she's as Roseanne on the television show. So she was still a character. And, and I'm not quite sure that, that Van Jones and these other idiots out there can go back in time and say that Roseanne represented me or anybody yeah. else. It's like Robert De Niro represents the mafia because he's in all these mob movies. Like does Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> yeah. uh, Weinstein or whatever his name is, does he does he represent the uh, the Democratic Party? Right. I hope not. Well, he supported Democratic candidates. He he was out there and he was very liberal. He was this and this and this. I mean, does does the guy, the New York guy who recently went down, the Attorney General, or whatever his name yeah. is, is he is he wrote, um, what was his name? Something Stein. Yeah. Uh, w- was he? Is he representative of the Democratic Party in New York? I mean, these guys pick and choose who they're pe- – was, was Ted Kennedy the guy who drowned his girlfriend in a creek? Was he representative of the Democratic Party? Valerie Jarrett uh, served with uh, distinction and, and with uh, you know and through some of the toughest uh, moments of American history where you're talking yeah, about – Yeah, it's tough to go on TV and lie about a uh, YouTube video. That, that was yeah. really – that must have been really tough. Again – what what Roseanne Barr said about her is not acceptable, but this idea somehow that that it, it, let's get if we're going to get right down to it, uh, Van Jones is claiming that she's. I was surprised he didn't say she served in Vietnam, <laughs> uh, but Van Jones is claiming that she served with distinction, which is not true. A- and again, even if she didn't serve with distinction, she still she'll still does not deserve to be compared to an ape. But let's though keep the facts in the proper lanes here. Let's not go overboard and talk about how because Van Jones is assuming, I guess, that if she didn't serve with distinction, then comparing to it to her to an ape is okay, right? Like if she were a bad person, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's all right. Well, you you can't call a woman who served with distinction. You can't compare her to an ape. But if leave she, that for the person who's yes. blah 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 blah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Leave that to Disney. Yeah. In their movies. About the Great Recession. Uh, whether you're talking about uh, the Osama bin Laden, there's so many times where Valerie Jarrett was there to help us, uh, you know, steer and steady the ship. Yeah. So you can't compare her to an ape. Had she not been there, maybe you could. But you can't compare it to an ape now, says Van Jones. There are certain standards we have when we compare somebody to an ape. And for her to be uh, attacked (laughs) by somebody like this um, is just ridiculous. But I got to tell you, and and I'm ashamed to say this, um, you know, Mm. I thought she was probably going to get away with it. Um, He's ashamed to say it. (laughs) Well, here's the deal. She really, and even if they didn't cancel her show, she wouldn't have gotten away with it. She no. apologized profusely for what she did and what she said, and she knew right away it was a pretty terrible, drunky thing to say there on Twitter. I, and yeah. I still can't figure out, I still don't understand where, the, uh, where some white people come up with this stuff. Me it, it either. Will forever confound me. And she was going to live 
for many years that was going to plague her. Yeah. Well, in this day and age, I will have to say, and, and I'm not trying to uh, say you're wrong, but in this day and age, Disney could have just simply said uh, <laughs> whatever. They didn't have to cancel the show. We're doing... It wouldn't have started again until September, and all these idiots would have been on to something else by it's then. It's true. It's true. Or they could have pulled a Starbucks like you talked about yesterday. They would have done advanced uh, third-place training. I went to Starbucks yesterday and banged on the door <laughs> and told them that they were being biased against me because they were – actually, because I'm white and, and you're having a non-biased conference and making everybody – Taking everybody. I want my, I want my coffee with a piece of apple pie in it. Damn it! Don't and kick me cream. out. It's the last thing I do. All right. So we've got um, Nick Schwar on the way. Also, Mark Kaysen, who knew Eric Greitens even as a young man, and as you know, Kaysen's a lefty, and didn't like what he saw in Jefferson City either. And we'll also take a couple of your phone calls on the other end of this if you want to. And if you have something to say, we'll go ahead and repeat it if you want to pop it up there on Facebook as well. It's Radio Free Almond People. Get lonely. 
get on phony as the lights of the cars go by in a stream. Seems like I stand pretty much unseen, but I open my eyes and beams come out. Give me, give me symphonies, give me more than the life I see. Score eyes up, angels play, let my loneliness get blown away. All right, folks, we are back. And by the way, we've got um, Mark Cation coming in in just a little bit. And then Nick Schwarz is going to be joining us at 8 a.m. from Jefferson City, which now is the scene of yet another edition and probably a crazy edition of the Beverly Hillbillies when uh, Lieutenant Governor Parson, who, come on, who's going to be the next governor of the state of Missouri? We went from Greitens to Parsons. Right. From somebody who is on land and to another one who is firmly in the swamp. That's basically where Parson is. These are the guys who uh, all support pretty much everything that Eric Greitens wanted to end. And they didn't like what he was doing. And they were more than happy to exploit any and all avenues to get rid of Governor Greitens. And there are people down there making statements, whether it be Vescovo or whether it be Richardson and some of these other individuals saying that this is uh, the uh, best thing for Missouri and the best interests of the state's residents. And I don't believe that. Uh, that it, that it is in the best interests of the uh, the residents. The best interests of the residents of the state of Missouri would have been for you all to allow the process to go naturally and legally instead of relying on Democrat hacks like Kim Gardner in St. Louis and Stacey Newman down in Jefferson City and stop relying on impeachment proceedings where you were denying the governor any ability to cross-examine witnesses, which is, uh, which is unbelievable to me they didn't do that. And also w- when you are in a situation where you are making him pay for his own attorneys when you're the ones that brought the action. Uh, and to me, if you're the ones bringing the action – And you have unlimited state resources that you're using, whether it be in filing, copies, time. Uh, You obviously have clerks who are preparing things, and you have staff supporting you with your committee hearings and everything else. You have unlimited resources, and, and it's being paid for by the state. And you're bringing in action, but you're refusing to allow the governor to defend himself using state resources as well. That doesn't make any sense to even the most even the the most unknowledgeable layman in in the state. And it just didn't make any sense for them to So that's why eventually Governor Greitens just you know this is this is outlandish. You know, I I'm going to I don't have to deal with this. My opinion is 
that Governor Greitens is too good for the state of Missouri and that we're on a path again to just going back to where we were before, which is business as usual, because that's what these guys do down there. Uh, And you the the person who's the real governor right now uh, is a convicted felon, uh, check forger and tax cheat named Scott Fawn. And if you think otherwise, you are out of your trees. If you think Governor Parson in any way, shape, or form, you know where he was yesterday, Lieutenant Governor Parson? Where? I'm sorry, I didn't hear about. I didn't hear about Governor Greitens. I was on my farm. I'm like going, what are you doing on your farm on a Tuesday? You're the Lieutenant Governor. No, and, 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 and people. Well, he no, he didn't know about it. He heard about it while he was working on his farm. I'm thinking to myself, so were you on vacation or like what was the lieutenant governor doing on his farm the day after a holiday? So, so if you have if you have any inkling at all, I mean it's right there in black and white. I mean it was written as if this is the normal course of business down there. I saw what did I see? I saw a uh, article. I guess it was in the Post or something. And they're like, you know, Governor. When reached for comment, Lieutenant Governor Parsons said he hadn't, he didn't hear about it <laughs> until he got a call while he was working on his farm. I'm thinking, um, it's Tuesday. That's uh, Jefferson City now, do, uh, because because I know that sometimes, for instance, lawmakers have breaks. Yeah, but if you're Lieutenant Governor, do you have like a, a break? And besides that, you have obviously important proceedings going on that involve the executive branch of Missouri State Governor government. So why are you on your farm on a Tuesday? I could see you on your farm on a Monday because that's Memorial Day, or on a Sunday because that's a Sunday, or on a Saturday because that's a Saturday. But if you're on your farm Tuesday, and then the post is like, oh yeah, he was on his farm. He found out while he was working on his farm. Nobody said. What are you doing on your farm? <laughs> it's the same when you were talking about Holly, Josh Holly, when all the pictures came out of him working <laughs> at out at the gym. Everyone's like, wait, what? Like in Jefferson City, right? No. Columbia. <laughs> but, but, and, and so any idea that somehow go, now soon to be Governor Parson is in control mm. of that state, believe me. If you're lieutenant governor and you're working on your farm at a time of crisis in state of Missouri government, the strong possibility is there are people who work for you or with you who are pretty much doing the work for you and, and are doing the work in your place. Yes. That, that's where this is going. And that, that's, that, that's the reality is that you got a guy who basically isn't going to be handling any of the real duty. He's not going to be hands-on like Governor Greitens. Parson has an entire little uh, mafia working for him, and, and, and including like a Scott Fawn type. And these guys are now in control of the state of the Missouri, just so you People. know. Governor Greitens. That yesterday. love remains. I am thankful to all those who have worked beside me sweated beside me, those who gave their time, their energy, and their precious resources so that we could pursue our mission, 
taking Missouri in a new and better direction. We have accomplished a lot together. I am proud of you, and I am proud of all of our work. The last few months have been incredibly difficult for me, for my family, for my team, for my friends, and for many, many people that I love. This ordeal has been designed to cause an incredible amount of strain on my family. Millions of dollars of mounting legal bills, endless personal attacks designed to cause maximum damage to family and friends. At some point, this guy is like, um, I, I'm done with this stuff. I'm, I'm not... I'm not doing this anymore. They're not even allowing me to 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 have state-funded defense when there is state-funded prosecution of me. They're not allowing me, my attorneys, to to do what is the normal course of routine in any kind of legal proceeding or hearing, and they're not allowing my attorneys to cross-examine people. They, they, I've got a newspaper in St. Louis and a newspaper in Kansas City, which basically is a one-paper town, too, that has solely dedicated pretty much what's left of their decimated staffs to bringing me down. And I've got a Republican Party, disloyal, not interested in the real matters of the state, and very interested in moving me out so that they can have another puppet in the governor's office. And in this case, Parson is going to be a puppet. We have a caller on the line. Oh, we do? Do you want to? Let's do it. Yeah. And so, so at some point, Governor Greitens is just says, you know what, why go through this? Why deal with right. what, what essentially really is harassment? Why, why, why deal with this stuff? And, and also, there are a couple of things going on, too. I think uh, the, there were people like Dowd and, and Hannaway who were both, uh, both former U.S. attorneys. And they said, you know what? Yeah. The feds, you've, got, you've got your Republican Party guys like Jay Barnes going to the FBI and, and basically sicking the FBI on you. And you've got one signature that's misplaced. You could be indicted on a federal charge. When you made that point, that made total sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, or or they could talk to you. You could say something inconsistent with maybe something you said before to a staff member, or you said, or or you'll talk to you once, then we'll go back to you and talk to you again with somebody different. You say something different, you're going to be Martha Stewarted in a second, and you'll be in federal prison. So that's probably what they also told him, because now with all this campaign finance right. stuff and all this other stuff, um, and, and it's so funny how they, 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 they like Scott Fawn, these guys all claimed it was all about dark money. But then the minute you ask him, hey, where'd that $50,000 of cash from? Him? Oh. I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm just a hillbilly from Poplar Bluff. Why am I supposed to talk to the community? <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you all that. I'm just a Republican from Poplar Bluff. Yeah. So that so that's the kind of yeah. that that's the kind of that's your that's your Jefferson City now. Mm. I think you know since I don't do TV anymore. 
I think that I've got I've got a lot of time now, like like I, like I had like when I was at Channel Four, I spent a lot of time down there, and, and I, I think I, and having won fifteen Emmys, most of them doing investigative reporting, I, I, I think I, I think I need to go back down there. I think that is an amazing idea, and start doing uh, just yeah, we're doing Facebook Live as it is, and start doing just the Almond Report on Facebook, and start. Going through it's it's really usually it's really easy. Just yeah. nobody nobody does it. Okay. So, uh, so I'm, I'm trying I'm not trying to uh, so I'm not bragging. Un- unfortunately, it's it's pretty easy to find stuff that these people are doing. And since since all these individuals, I'll just take the names of the five individuals in the Republican Party most prominently most prominently mouthing off about how this is in the best interest of the state of Missouri and about ethics and about clean government. And I'll just start looking around. Oh. I'm not threatening them. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'm only going to do something that's, that's, that's right. I'm not going to make stuff up. But I think since, since these guys are talking about how great they are and ethical, ethical I think we ought to check that out because nobody else does. That's why they can talk the way they do. The post dispatch isn't going to start looking into the into the doings of Shamed Dogan or of Gene Evans or Richardson or Parson or those guys. Anyway, let's take the call, shall we? Can you hear us? I've been hearing you the whole time. I was just raised not to interrupt folks when they were talking. <laughs> hey, is this uh, is this Steam Fitter Chris? Oh man, you are good. That investigation report, man, FBI agent right there. He's good, Ryan. He's really good. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, brother? Is it that Southern Canadian accent I got? <laughs> <laughs> now I know you didn't. Hey, uh, yeah, go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. I, I know that you you had an issue with Greitens over right to work. I know that. But what's your take on, like, from, from the Democrat perspective? And by the way, I will point out, people like Gina Mitten and Tommy Pearson, they actually were more loyal to fact-finding and truth-finding than most of these Republicans were. And they're, de- they're two Democrats in St. Louis. Pretty as crazy. A, as, as, a, as a conservative Democrat... What happened to our judicial system? I mean, the guy, I mean, I didn't vote for the guy just because of the right to work thing. We, we've already discussed that. But the the thing is, they just completely beat this guy down, uh, right or wrong, before he was ever proven guilty. And it looked, like yesterday, he just like he was a completely defeated man. Uh, so the, the thing that you said this morning early um, about the hayseeds and down south, um, remember, that's where right toward come from. So if you look at it, I think maybe those uh, behind the scenes uh, people that have been in uh, Jefferson City for so long on the Republican side and the Democrat side, I think they used his popularity to push that right to work agenda. And once they got it through like they thought they would, well, they didn't need him anymore because he did offend so many people. So that's just my take on it. You know, they washed their hands of him, and that was just a way to get rid of him and get him out of the way and let the let the good old boy step in and take over. But uh, right to work, it will set us back. You said it exactly right this morning. If you go into the rural parts of the nation 
My brother's a farmer. He, he manages 4,000 acres in Mississippi. I love him dearly, and he's a Republican. I love him. We argue and fight, but I still hug him at the end of the day. But their right to work is not good, man. No way, shape, or form. I mean, and Ryan, I want to get you on board, too, because I, I teach our apprenticeship, and I have had the pleasure of training some of our men and women coming back from the uh, military, and we put more men and women back to work as union tradesmen than any other organization. So I'd love to – I know Jamie knows a little bit about it, but I'd love to get both of you guys in front and show you how in-depth our apprenticeship programs truly are and how we can change the lives of our military servicemen and women. Yeah, right on. And here's the deal. And 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 uh, Chris, thanks for calling the show, man. And you, he makes a really good point about you know the, the right to work debate's always going to go on. I don't think either side has proven one way or the other. And I've said this before, their point about it. People who are against it haven't proven to me that it's a bad thing. People who are for it haven't really proven to me it's a good thing either. But to his point about Governor Greitens and the right to work issue, I have to tell you. Uh, that as a friend of his and as a person who knew him for a while and was uh, involved in uh, paying attention to his his campaign, I was frankly surprised that right to work was a number one issue for him because it because it really wasn't. And hmm. he and and for all the talk about how Governor Greitens was not a team player came in, disrupted the apple cart, did all this kind of stuff, and didn't cooperate with Republicans. The fact that he oversaw the passage of right to work in this state was a pretty significant cooperative move on his part from a guy who really wasn't necessarily committed one way or the other to it. It wasn't one of his priorities. I'm not saying he wasn't for it. I'm just saying it wasn't one of his priorities. It was the priority of the Republican legislature, uh, which uh, either it's either that or it's tort reform. Whatever will help their donors first is right. where they'll go. That's why you had, for instance, tax reform, which was the uh, which was the, w- tax reform wound up being almost last on their list. It was the last thing they got done. Because the other stuff, which is what they wanted to focus on, was more for the people who got them elected than mm. it was for anybody else. They, they're, they, they're not interested in non-union workers. And, 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 and the, the tort reform stuff is, is interesting from a standpoint of, uh, you know, I, I do believe that there, there has to be some involvement in how people are abusing the court system, suing doctors. Yes. And, and I get all that. But they don't even care about that. What they care about is cutting off the funding resource for the Democratic Party, which is normally the trial lawyers. So even right. if you get, even if you get right down to it, their reasons for doing it are, are not don't have anything to do with how good the idea might be. Like for instance, tort reform might be a good idea sure. uh, on a number of different levels, but that's not why they're doing it. So you agree with the caller, then in some ways you think it was one of the things that Greitens did, but it may have been pushed by the people surrounding well, which, them, which, which makes their disloyalty mm. so much more offensive. And I, I think gotcha. that's what Chris was trying to reach at. He said, you know, they used him to get their pet yeah. issues through 
And that was the big deal because let's face it, yeah, there are some there are some people out there who support right to work, but it's not the life or death issue for most Missourians and, and never really has been. And by the same token, too, they wanted to kind of I think I think that the Republicans have wanted to diffuse a lot of the power of the unions because the unions traditionally support Democrats. And so between that and and diffusing the power of the trial lawyers, this was all about really trying to cut off funding sources for the Democratic Party more than anything else, even though they might be good ideas. Right. Even though tort reform might be something that should be done or moved on or what have you, they they weren't doing it for that reason. Right, which is why I think you had, like he said, I and I don't know, but I bet he voted for Trump and he would support Trump, but he didn't support Grimes. No, he didn't. Which is what happened, right. I think, a lot in a lot of the union case. They were voting for Trump as president, right. but then going with Democratic ticket on other... Yeah, and right? some, some of them, well, and some of them clearly voted... For Greitens, e- even though he supported it, yeah, even oh, though you wow. know, some of them, I mean, well, some of I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know because otherwise, Greitens, the election might have been a lot closer. But yeah, uh, some of them might have still done that, uh, hoping that Greitens, because again, when when Eric was campaigning, he 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 didn't really talk a lot about right to work. I mean, he did, but you but you knew he was kind of obligated to do it. Because nah. the Republican Party apparatus demanded that. And again, I'm not saying right to work is a bad thing, and I'm not saying it's a good thing either. I really have not. I'm telling you, I've scoured the earth for proof one way or the other. Is right to work bad? I've never seen proof it's bad. Is right to work good? I've never seen proof it's good. I, I, I mean, I, 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 but although I can see that in a, in a number of ways, I've talked to people who are in the manufacturing business, who are big time, wealthy business owners who thought right to work was a terrible idea, and I've also talked to big hmm. business owners who thought it was a great idea. So there's a lot of different people in the mix here, but. I agree with Chris, though. I think these guys down there who now simply turn their backs on Greitens no longer really had a use for him because he was moving on to what his his reform agenda, which was all about tax break reform, tax credit mm-hmm. reform, budget reform, all those things that ultimately mean more to the Missouri and Missouri people than does any of these other uh, than do any of these other things. So. I think Chris is partly right. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, huh? It's, I mean, the the it's been stunning. It's been a stunning twenty four hours yeah. in in Missouri. Yeah, it's a not a great day for Missouri politics by any stretch of the imagination. And like I said earlier, Ryan, I think people, even people who might believe that Governor Greitens did something wrong morally, and, and, well, or it, even when it comes to ethically or with the, with the campaign finance or whatever got to the point where they didn't care even about that anymore because they saw what a railroad job this whole thing was. And I would venture to guess, too, as I said this earlier, uh, and, and Governor Greitens wouldn't say it because that's not how he's built, but I would venture to guess that there are people who work for him who didn't care as much about him as they should have and didn't do things properly 
the way they should have, but he would ultimately have paid the price for it and would never have thrown any of these people under the bus because it's not how he's built that way. That's not how he, he operates as a man. So he wouldn't have done that. But, but I happen to think there, there might have been something there that was not anything that he oversaw. Because I guarantee you, Governor Greitens wasn't out there collecting uh, donor lists. <laughs> no. and doing, I mean, you know, he was, no. he was obviously there fundraising, which he would do. But I guarantee you there, there was Staffers. a strong likelihood there were a lot of people involved in this thing. And, and, and maybe some of them might have made uh, line item mistakes, whatever. But keep in mind, at some point, Missourians decided that uh, a lot of them, I mean, a lot of the people I'm talking to, they didn't even care anymore whether there might have been something, because they saw the writing on the wall. And also, you have to understand that the Republicans who were against him are not well-liked either. I mean, you might think that Mike Parson is well-liked. He might be well-liked, but there aren't many people who see him as a good leader by any stretch of the imagination. There's no... or, or a. Um, or uh, a charismatic leader or whatever. I mean, Mike Parson is a pretty quintessentially a Jefferson City puppet who is now going to be basically operated by all the other puppeteers down there, like Scott Fawn and other lobbyists and that kind of stuff. So you're not going to see any, you're not going to, the hope of any reform in the state of Missouri regarding spending, uh, future tax cuts, regarding uh, cutting down the size of government, all that kind of stuff, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Those dreams died yesterday when Governor Greitens resigned. I guarantee you. Everybody really liked the idea of you going to Jefferson City. And uh, and doing some investigative journalism. Yeah, up in- I mean, I miss it. I mean, there, there are people. I think, um, uh, I think over at Channel Two, Sean Hayes. I, I hope I'm getting his name right. He does a pretty good job, investigative reporting job down over Channel Two. Chris, Chris Hayes, Chris yeah, Hayes, Chris Hayes. Uh, and, and he and mm-hmm. he does a pretty good job, but he's about the only one. The other people are too busy, you know, uh, scaring you about you know, possible bacteria in your soft serve ice cream. <laughs> Tonight at six. Never forget one time we had a reporter who did a, uh, this is so, I mean, the, the things that people do, and I've done a few of them myself, by the okay, way. Okay, all right. But the things that people do, these reporters do, which is just so humiliating, we have, and, and, and so yeah, they like the idea of even going. Down. I should because I mean I'm I'm good at this, and I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. And and because I know how to do it uh, well, in my opinion, it doesn't take long. Because because most of these people down there who are doing bad things rely on the stupidity of people around them, and and you can and you can exploit that pretty easily. So you're not doing most of your. Of, of your investigation, is it all done through FOIA requests or is it is it a mixture when Let you're me tell doing... you something, Brian? Okay, okay, and I'm not I'm not I'm gonna brag here. That's the only that's the only time I'm only gonna brag. Do you realize that I, I uh, as of my last Emmy that I won was in? Let me see, it's right here. Okay, yeah. I, had, I brought it in because I I didn't bring it in for any other reason. 
What's the date on there? Is there a date on there? There, I believe, yes. Uh, 2011. Okay. Uh, and and that that would have been after I had left Channel Four in 2004, right? Okay. So I left Channel Four in 2004. By the time I left Channel Four in 2004, I was there since '89. How many years is that, Ryan? You have you a math? Oh boy, you remember I'm a 2.6er, right? Yeah, but you're smarter than me. <laughs> Give me those dates again. 2000, uh, 1989. Okay, 90, 14. So I was there, I was there basically 15 years. Okay. And I won oh, yeah. 14 Emmys, okay? And this was in 1989 through 2004. Keep in mind, for probably 10 years of that, there really wasn't much of an internet. You realize that, right? I mean, right. I, there, was, there was Google yeah. uh, at the time, I know, I know as of like 1995 or 96. There was Google, but it was, but there was no. You didn't have. You didn't. You couldn't just do no. You, we. I remember having to do like searches and and pay for them called Nexus searches through all these newspapers <laughs> yes. and crap like that. But other than that, I, I the, your um, your amount of resources at your hands were not there. You had to go through. Literally, you. Had, I had to go to Jefferson City, or go to City Hall and go through. Papers like like hardcore like pa- like paper stuff. Yeah, that's I mean you know crazy. we had we had to go through you know with with even receipts when I was dealing with um, these guys who were abusing the whole liquor policy down there and basically the gifts from lobbyist stuff. I had to go through like real receipts down there and stuff. I mean I had to do that. So it's a lot easier now mm. to do what I did back then. Pretty well, considering. So, 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 wow. so, so, it's not hard to, 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 and I, I wouldn't do it for retribution's sake. I would, sure. It's not. It's not a vengeance thing. It's. It's just to kind of like say, hmm, okay. So how? So how clean are the people who are, uh, who are down there who are claiming that they are clean? How? Uh, what are they? Because I mean, boy, I, I used to hear a bunch of things, but I just didn't have time to really tackle it and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we we could uh, we could do that. So you're saying it's actually easier now but less people actually do it than when it was harder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so odd. Well, because the TV audience nobody cares. Nobody watches television news anymore. You know, one of the things that I and and it's too bad, mm. but but nobody watches. So so you really what you have to do is you have to you're dealing with Basically, the people who watch TV, if, let's, let's put it this way. If you're a fisherman, right? Do you fish? Oh, yeah. You, you, so you know like a largemouth bass, yeah. right? Okay. And you know bass are probably the dumbest fish on earth, right? I mean, they're my catfish. Carp, are, I would put. Carp, carp or yeah. Carp, are, but, but they're, they're not as dumb as they are just big. Okay. And they I'm can't really you. go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and so they, they're just kind of like, you know. Um, Slow. And- but it, when it comes to sought after fish, bass are probably the stupidest. Okay. Fair. And that's why you use shiny lures for bass. And, yeah. and like, you could use, like, bass, small model, they might like to eat a worm or something or something. You could, you could maybe get away with that, but to really, like, get a, Super stupid, 
but large bass. <laughs> you got to use a, a shiny, shiny lure. with like oh yeah, yeah, all kinds of things because that, they'll just see it and hit it, <laughs> and and that's how they operate. It's true because uh, they are not they, because they're instinctual as opposed to having any kind of thoughtful things. And I'm assuming, and of course you got, and most of you out there are fishermen going, dude, show me a thoughtful fish, will you? <laughs> A thoughtful trout. Do you have a, Jamie, do you have an example of a thoughtful fish? <laughs> I do have to tell you, though, that like, I think trout are fairly thoughtful. See, I actually think bass are more thoughtful than trout. Have you ever noticed trout when you're standing in Bennett Springs for the Missourians? They'll swim around your stringers. Yeah, but will, but but, but will, are you able to catch them? No. See, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. it's a good, you always want to dip them. Oh, yeah. My dad's like, don't do that. Oh yeah, you will get in trouble. We used to down down the White River. You'd see the uh, brown trout down there, and they were gigantic. And you'd go, oh, I could just probably reach down and nope. grab one of those. Nope. <laughs> no, you can't. Where did this? So anyway. The television news audience, the local television news audience, and I'm not trying to criticize any of you who watch local television news because I was on it, but I created a different brand in order because we had to change what television news was about in order to be successful and carve our niche. So the Almond Report was a different formulation of television news and, and, and had to be because we didn't cover fires, murders, weather, blah, blah, blah. So, so the television audience out there right now, what's left of it, really is kind of the largemouth bass population of the of the human race right now. So they go to they watch the news to find mm. out like who got killed, what burned down, or just to kind of like feel better about themselves knowing how miserable the people are being exploited on local television news are. So that and and maybe weather, but now people aren't watching for weather. Uh, and, and sometimes they might tune in to find out, um, you know, what woman who was mm. a secretary in Vita Park, uh, how much she spent on a chair that was apparently too much for Elliot Davis to withstand over Channel Two. So, uh, so, so he's usually popping in, camera rolling on some sixty-seven-year-old <laughs> Velda Village Hills clerk who bought a lamp that was thirty dollars too expensive. No, I'm just kidding. Elliot actually does pretty good work. You like his work? I, I was do. curious yeah, about that. I do. Yeah, he did his really great work in the homeless stuff, and he's and he's a good guy too. So I'm just teasing you, Elliot. But that was back in the day when I was competing with him. And, and uh, <laughs> okay, but anyway, so so that's so your audience. When I was in Channel Four and Five and Five, but when I was Channel Four, we used to compete. And I'll just give you numbers, and I won't give you what they mean. So we would, if we were fighting in a ten o'clock news audience it was uh 15 uh, they would have a 15 rating okay we would have a 14 rating and two would have a 13 rating and that's pretty much where we all played around and sometimes we would have the 14 and five would have the or we would have the 15 five would have the 14 and two would have the 13 and then eventually two got a little better and then they would have a 14 and we would have, you know that kind of stuff now they are fighting for twos threes and ones and, and and which means that the number of people watching television news has been drastically reduced people just do not watch it anymore unless they do want to go and see 
whatever whatever shiny object mm-hmm. the news organization going to do. But even back in the day, so you, so so you're not going to get that kind of you're not. And plus, they're hiring uh, a lot of younger people yeah. now who don't don't have never really done investing. And, and you and and I always uh, admire the people who did. Uh, most of the crime reporting or fire stuff, because it does take a certain type of person to be able to be to enjoy their work doing that. And some people do are pretty good at it. Some people are good at just kind of standing outside of a burning m- murder house and yeah. talking about who was killed there. You know, it's kind of like you know that's what they do. You know, so anyway, we had one time where uh, this guy did a story, and I've done some pretty stupid ones too, but. Uh, I, I I'll focus on the other guy. So uh, he did it because this was the one where where they did a story about how dirty are your hotel sheets? Okay. Okay. So I don't know I don't know how they pulled this off, but uh, they went. I don't know how they did it. They either rented hotel rooms or something, and then used like an ultraviolet light. This. Yes. And, and they purposely stained it, right? And then they tried to see if it would show back up after, like the yeah, yeah. And they were and they were showing, you know, like <laughs> certain kinds of stains on the sheet, even after it was washed or whether it was washed at all. Or but that was, you know, this hard hotel. hitting. Yes, right. The, the sheets you're sleeping on may be stained with, you know, you know, whatever. It was pretty. It was pretty crazy, but that's what that's what that was what constituted news, man. Which I guess is what has fueled, to your point, the absolute chaos, the swampland, as you described, for the most part, Jefferson City. It's fueled it because is there really anyone holding them accountable at this point? No, no, and 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 what they become. Like the Republicans just become useful idiots for the post dispatch. So, so the Republicans are just going to get favorable responses in the post dispatch. The post dispatch is going to go and investigate a Republican who is helping them unseat Governor Greitens. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do any. They're not going to criticize them or look into what they're up to or anything of the sort. You know, I will tell you that when it came to one investigative report, then we're going to get um, yeah. uh, Nick Shore. I'm going to take a little break here. Uh, I saved my own career at Channel 4 with one decision that I made that proved to be the best decision I ever made. This was in 1992. And because I had done some other salacious stuff before that, you know, because back in those days, like in the early 90s, you do like a lot of hooker stories and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff, okay. you know. <laughs> The hookers of Cherokee Street, tonight at 10. Is your neighbor seeing a hooker? Tonight at 10. Prostitution. <laughs> oh, yeah. You do that, you know. Okay. The seedy side of blah, blah, blah. And so I I was, I did some of that stuff, but... So eventually, when it came time for them to decide, I know what we're going to... We've got some guy who is claiming that this priest is some kind of like, I can't remember whether he was a, a gay or seeing prostitutes or something. And they wanted to bust this priest seeing a prostitute from the St. Louis Archdiocese. They wanted to see this prostitute. So they had connected with a male prostitute 
and we're going to set this priest up. The news channel? Oh, yeah. Channel 4. Yeah. Whoa. Hell, yeah. And I... um. And a lot of it had to do with my, my grandmother, who was a devout Catholic. Yeah. Uh, and I had already done my share of the salacious stories. They came to me and said, hey, we've got this idea, and we wanted you to, to do that, um, this story. And, and so we're going you know, to fly this prostitute in, which, of course, apparently, once again, they didn't consult anybody with any kind of legal authority because there was an – that's not – Right to pay a prostitute to fly a prostitute in. It's yeah. called. <laughs> that's like that's not really a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is driving me nuts. This damn lampshade moving like that. Anyway, so uh, the things you noticed. I know. It's okay. Just kept bouncing around. I'm like, stop it. So stop lampshade. I'm telling a story about <laughs> prostitutes. Yeah. It's more. That's my mind. My do. polluted mind. So I. Uh, they said, "Yeah, we're going to do this, and we got it all set up. And this priest is going to meet him there, and we're going to we're going to have cameras set up, and we're going to bust him doing this because apparently this prostitute, I don't know, was was molested younger or whatever, wanted to get back at these guys. But so they thought it was a good idea to fly him in. So we had a couple people involved in the story, and they came to me and said, "Yeah, we got it all done. You, we want we want you to do it." And I. Basically, it was it was only three years into my career there, and I was young, and I was you know twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. I I just my I had my second child was just born, and I didn't really have. I still was a part time person there. You know, I still was working part time there, the part time contract, and uh, I told them no friggin' way. I'm not doing this. And you guys can fire me or do whatever, but I'm not doing this. I've had enough of your assignments that are sending me out into, you know, bondage dungeons and (laughs) sauge and prostitution stings and stuff like that because they were being known as that reporter who did all that kind of crap. And I finally, I told him, I said, I said, there's no way I'm doing this story. Wow. And, uh, and, and they, I don't know how they, I guess they, they said, okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, um, they got somebody else to do it. Um, Jeff Rainford, who, uh, who, who then, uh, summarily lost his job as a result of it. There was another person who lost a job, and basically there was a even a police investigation Whoa. that was almost going to wind up in in charges, like criminal charges against the the uh, the TV station. Because first of all, flying the prostitute, then the prostitute decided he was going to blackmail the priest. Oh my! Using us, guys! What a nightmare! So I haven't always made great decisions in my that life. That was a good decision. But that was that was one decision I'm very glad I made because <laughs> I was able to squeak out a few more years in TV thanks to thanks to all that. But yeah, there you go. Whew. Didn't didn't think it was that uh interesting, huh? No, no. Didn't think life was that interesting, did you? All right. Uh Kason, where is he where does he, he live, here. by the way? 
Oh, he's here finally. He's here. Gee whiz. Supposed to be here at 730. <laughs> you people understand uh, that, that when I ask you to be here at a certain time, liberals. <laughs> hey, you know what you haven't played yet? What? Eventually I have to play the national anthem. We'll do that before Cason uh, so we can see if he gets nervous. Ooh, that will make him. Yeah, it gets a little yeah. jumpy when the national anthem plays. Kind of way he gets when he walks into a church. So 
Good morning this morning from the Discovery Design Studio, baby. Thank you guys for supporting Radio Free Almond with the studio sponsorship and, of course, Discovery Design, building trucks from the ground up. And I told you before, I am definitely going to get a conveyor put on my Malibu. <laughs> or maybe a light kit. Or maybe since my Malibu is already blue... They could make it into a Blue Lives Matter Malibu. I like that. Your one stop for truck fabrication service and repair. It's Discovery Design. That is where we're going to have the big ass rally and barbecue and bounce house and truck pol- food truck palooza and crafting beer and you name it. We're going to have it right there on the parking lot of Discovery Design. And we're going to have music, Nine Killer, who just happened to be here, is going to be spinning the tunes for us. We got the Naputi Pediatric Kids, kids. Area, Kids yeah. Section there, where we're going to be able to uh, do all kinds of stuff, face painting, all that kind of thing. And the night before is the Doug Giles. Doug, Doug Giles. Giles sorry. Doug Giles uh, book signing. And yes. he's going to have three different books out there for you. He's going to have the Pussification book. <laughs> he's going to have the Raising Rowdy and Righteous Daughters book. And he's also going to have his brand new book, Rules for Radical Christians. And he's going to be flying in on Friday. We're going to be at the Missouri Athletic Club at 530 to 8 on Friday. And then... On Sunday, 12 to 6 at Discovery Design, a lot there. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're also going to have Moto Exotica. They're going to have a little mini car show out there, and Doug will be there as well. We'll give a few rousing speeches or whatever you want to call them. And I encourage you to get to one or both. I, I encourage you to go ahead and grab the wristband, as we say, and get on all the rides. 8th and 9th of June. There really isn't a wristband. It doesn't cost you anything except for the books. Don't forget, Doug says I do PayPal cash or checks, so I don't know how that works. i got to get that PayPal thing going. I don't know how that works, dude. Do you? Yeah. Okay. We'll figure <laughs> that out. We will. You know, if Woody Allen and the Planet of the Apes had a baby, it would be Mark Kaysen. <laughs> how did you know about that? <laughs> Is that funny? Is that is that offensive? I hope they nothing, don't. I nothing hope they... offends me, but I, I will say that what she said was over the line. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, and I heard you saying that this morning as well. I oh, mean, yeah. you you agreed. You uh, it's, it's, really it's different. Some... It's different yeah. than what you did by far. I'd say by far. And look, there was no state representative or member of the house or anybody that tried to get her thrown out. Uh, ABC just made a decision and that's their decision. They're a private company and they decided that they didn't want to deal with that kind of stuff. And look, it it was very bad and people talk that way all the time. Uh, You know, when I came to Missouri over 40 years ago, uh, I had never living in Los Angeles heard people use the N-word. Yeah. Didn't use it. Right. But I certainly heard it when I got here. 
I just, I, you know, and again, I said earlier, cause I was, I was, I'm shocked that people still like how anybody could be in a situation where they would even, first of all, utter it, but secondly, type it where they would compare a black person to an ape is like to, is so confounding to me. Although I did acknowledge that if you talk to some people like Mark, for instance, it was not, it's not confounding at all, but, but still it is kind of confounding. White people sometimes are pretty crazy. But now I do have to think though, when I, when I said before that, that uh, Disney is odd that they're using this as kind of an example of how culturally sensitive they are. When, if you look back on most of their movies and things like that, usually the, the voice of the donkey or the hyena or something is usually reserved for only black people like Whoopi Goldberg and Chris Rock. They're like, Hey, call Chris Rock. We need a voice for a hyena. Yeah. I so heard like, I heard you saying those things this morning. That that doesn't really get to me in as much as the fact that all of these movies, everything you said, not just Disney, everybody. The things that are in the movies these days. I mean, there's no limit, which is okay with me. I I don't mind. I mean, you know, you know, I come from the days of Mario Savio and you know, say whatever you want. And yeah. The filthy speech movement in, in Berkeley, UCLA. Yeah. So I'm, I don't care what anybody says. Now, I would not use profanity on the air. I mean, look at Bill Maher. Look what he says on the yeah. air. Oh, I'm yeah. aware. I mean, he says everything. Why? I don't, I don't understand the purpose. Well, and, and I didn't think that the comments she made and her follow-up apology – I think Disney, I don't think Disney had to fire her. I mean, it's obviously Disney's right yeah, to fire her, right. but they didn't have to. And they're only doing it be, to, to, to throw the bone to the hungry left and, and the hand-washing right to make them feel better and look better. They don't, they, they don't care about losing money, certainly, because they're just going to take it off the backs of their employees so they're really not doing anything really truly righteous necessarily. They just wanted to stay out of trouble. I, yeah, I understand. But they wouldn't that. have had any trouble. They, they would have, <laughs> she would have come back in September. They'd have had the show. People would have still thought she was racist, and that's the that would have been what it was. I mean, they R- didn't R- have... remind me who the sportscaster was that made the... Jimmy Brett, not uh, Jimmy the Greek. Uh, I don't think no, no. Another he talked guy. about anatomy and he, physicality. He, well, he talked. He talked about. Uh, how uh, something about how blacks were in sports? It was Jimmy the Greek, was it? Yeah, uh, and he got thrown out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, this is not unusual, and you got to, you shouldn't even be, yeah, you so, shouldn't so, even so, be thinking so, that stuff. So, but. what I'm saying is, so what's the difference between between what what Jimmy the Greek said? I don't really know what he said. I'm not defending. I don't it, even I don't really remember. Then, then, then yeah. the white men can't jump thing. Like that, that apparently rolls off the tongues of people. White men can't jump, and you know what? It's true. So, so what is the why? Why is that such a bad thing to have certain references to people's superiority when it comes to their physical prowess? Because it's okay to say bad things about white people, not okay to say bad things about black people, and I mean that. Now, I. That I, I know there's some people who think, well, that's not fair. Well, of course it's fair because Wait the history of the country being what it is, uh, you know, 
we, makes us oh we we're 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 supposed to then take the whipping that we deserve well, well, based on sure, whatever happened in sure, 1843. Sure, because no, nothing happens to us. We're okay. Nothing should happen to us. Well, no, I, that's <laughs> I right. I didn't have any slaves. And, no, and nothing should happen to. And, and listen, and Onion Horton used to say, "Listen, if you didn't do it, then just forget it. Don't be. Don't." He didn't want anybody to take it on, to take on the guilt if they didn't do it. But now there is another side, and that is what is your responsibility in a democracy to try to be fair to people who are what oppressed? What democracy are you talking about? Well, that's right. With you this mean, president, you, there we, is no we're democracy. Not, we're not, we're, well, we're, no, the democracy's gone. We're not a democracy. We're a yeah. representative republic. Yeah, we well, we're not even that anymore because, wow. yeah, I mean, let's face it. And until this guy goes to jail, I mean, we've got problems. But <laughs> as, as far as what we were supposed to be, you know, we, we look, there's white privilege and you have it. I have it. You have it. Nothing happens to you See, guys to me, or me. I was saying earlier, and, and I agree with this, uh, the... The, the white privilege itself is a bigoted term and, 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 and a bigoted concept because white privilege insinuates somehow that because I'm white, I somehow either A, owe somebody something, which is, I think, a bigoted concept, or B, must atone for something, which also is a bigoted concept because the concept is based on race. Right. And it's based on deciding because of my race, I am a certain way. Normally, in normal parlances, that's either A, stereotyping, B, bigoted. Well, yeah, it's like trying to say that that Emmy sitting over there, he didn't really. It was because of his white privilege that he has that. No, Emmy but that's there. not that's not the case. No, Th this guy earned everything he did. And and the only problem is, is that there are black people in the world who have also great abilities who couldn't get even the opportunity perhaps because of just their color uh, because of being black in the United States. Let me give you this example. You know, I, I, one of the places where I teach is a Jewish school in, in West County. You've met those kids. They love you. And th the other day I was in Schnooks and it was about 10 o'clock at night and the kids from the, the school were playing in schnooks. They had left the school because they live out there and they were pushing the carts around the store and acting crazy. And here's the thing. Nobody in schnooks bothered them because nobody in schnooks was worried that these kids were going to cause a problem. But if there had been five young black kids pushing the carts around schnooks and throwing things and acting crazy, I can tell you right now, they'd have been gone. That's just the difference. I don't know, because, well, well let, me, let, me, let me put it this way. Uh, when a bunch of black people wandered into the Galleria with bullhorns, right. it doesn't seem like they were messed with at all. They eventually were arrested because yeah, they, they, were, were. they were trespassing. But for the most part, you even went out to Chesterfield Mall, these guys were allowed to run through there unmolested. You remember, of course. I mean, well, wait a answer that. Well, answer to that. No, because look, they they there was a a uh, protest going on, and 
actually, I'd have left them alone completely and let them protest. And in fact, so you're saying if black if kids I, had a bullhorn and Black Lives Matter sign and were running around at Schnooks in a shopping cart, they too would not have been uh, harassed. Harassed? No, no, no. It, listen, if you're running around Schnooks at ten o'clock at night and you're black, they're going to get you out. They are. Or or at Starbucks. You, uh, you, you, know, you were comparing. How about, the people, how about the people at Starbucks who are trying oh. to, they're trying to sleep at Starbucks now and stuff, you know. Yeah, well, they shouldn't. Uh, no, of course not. Kaysen, you were comparing, though, other countries, African-Americans in other countries. African-Americans here absolutely have the same chances of opportunity in this country as anybody else. Now, I'm not saying they may not be in a harder situation than, say, the kid that's parents gives them a full ride to slew, right? But it's still, yeah. in this country, everybody's still—we had a black president. Yeah. Well, I want to say that, that, unfortunately, you know, you, you missed a small part of this conversation that, that is ongoing because you weren't at the studio when the black police officers showed up and told the story about how white police officers yanked them out of their cars because they were black. And, and at the same time, uh, Jimmy Edwards, who is now the public safety director in St. Right. Louis, uh, said, don't forget to tell Jamie that I'm a black judge and I was pulled out of my car for being black by white police officers. So well, wait a minute. Were they pulled out of the car for being black, or well, were they sure. pulled out of the car for being ab- black? I mean, what did you think? What do you so, think? So, what do you think uh, Jimmy Edwards was doing? I don't know. Not come on, you know nothing. Well, I mean, I know he's a good guy, but I'm, I don't. But, but I'm not quite judge. sure. That I, but but I don't know whether they were actually pulled out because they were black. Yeah. So the police officer he literally was like, so. "He's black. I got to get him." Well, out Ordinance five seventeen says you shan't okay. be black. Yeah. How about how about Gerald Early? <laughs> now he was the professor. Oh, at, I remember that. Okay, yeah. at WashU who was at Frontenac standing in front of the store. Yeah, that wasn't cool. Waiting for his family. They arrested him because they thought he was going to steal steal from the, the jewelry store. Well, here's the deal. Here's what yeah. I think, though, in general. I think blacks are overrepresented in media, in, uh, in music, and in movies, and everything else. Given that they're 11% of the population... Because here's what here's what you ought to do. And again, I don't want to get too racy here, because because yeah. because none of this is supposed to be intended to defend what Roseanne Barr said. No. But but if you asked, I guarantee you, you go and ask a go ask a twelve year old white kid in wherever. Ask him what he thinks the percentage of blacks are mm-hmm. in in the population. Because I did that with my son. And he said, 52, 55? Ah. I, I mean, mean yeah, because, because, because of what he, and, and, and of course, I'm, I didn't get into a discussion about how, uh, therefore, son, blacks deserve to be discriminated. I didn't, I didn't get into that discussion with him, but I was asking him as a portion of like what, of, of how, just for curiosity's sake about it. And we didn't have much of a follow up discussion. I just wanted to ask him about that. And, uh, and when it's and, and he was he was stunned that it was actually eleven percent because because in his world where things are represented it, it's it you if you just looked at TV or looked at places like that uh, that population is seeming an eleven percent population is seemingly overrepresented so I'm not I'm I'm not quite sure 
that it's such a bad thing to be black in this country any more than it is to be uh, a white person who happens to be living in DeSoto or, you know what I mean? Well, it is if you're driving a car. It is if you're a young black person who is uh, approached by the police. It is if you're in one of the segregated black schools in the United States, just like St. Louis. We have, you know, I mean, how is it that 60 years after Brown versus Board of Education, we have more segregated schools in the United States today than we ever had. Well, if we have schools at all in the inner city, because right. thanks to busing, they destroy the city well, schools. Well, the, the busing is gone, and you, you go to Vachon, and Onion you go Horton. to Roosevelt, or you go yeah. to, to Sumner. I mean, these are all black schools that, that get the least resources of anyone. Uh, look, there's a problem. Well, uh, but and I know you're not supporting Roseanne. Uh, that's it's it's not even the issue. Hey, how about this? How how many Jews are there? I mean, you there's two percent Jews right. in the United States. I'm I'm surprised you ever see one. I mean, we got thirty three percent Jews in this studio <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are only two percent Jews in the entire United States. It's it's unbelievable. When was the last time you went to Temple? Uh, well, it, I'm a I'm an unusual situation because I teach out at that Jewish school. So, oh, so you think so that's I'm, church? You think that's temple? So I'm I'm around. Oh, he's I'm, around it. Yeah, I'm around the the the, the prayers a lot. But I know but the Catholics listen, do it too. I walk by a Catholic school. I go to church already. Yeah, but I'm not a prayer. You know that. Yeah. I don't. I, in fact, I don't pray for anybody. What? I mean, here. Wow. I mean, if you want to pray, I'll let's, pray let's for just you, call Mark. it. Let's just call it. Wishing and hoping. We can wish I and hope anything you want to wish and hope. Do you know the word hope means joyful expectation, right? Yeah. Well, I don't understand English that well. So. Lord, <laughs> Lord Mark is in the middle of us. Just in case you're what you can't, just in case you can't see through this through the roof, he's right in the middle. Can can you imagine? Uh, there's there's some kind of a power in the universe. I don't know what it is or who she is. God, it's but, it's it's God. Yeah, I'm James not, Madison. Yeah, might be Madison. Calvin and, Coolidge and, and, and Hamilton <laughs> fighting each other. Yeah. All right, exactly. let's. We need to get to because uh, yeah, uh, Eric. Nick Shore is going to join us in just a little bit, but but. Uh, Eric Greitens. Yeah. So I was telling Ryan earlier, and of course this was a debacle, and the idea that Lieutenant Governor Parson is now governor, it's it's Beverly Hillbilly Central down there now, run by Scott Fawn and the rest of these ne'er-do-wells. And again, I'm not saying that because I have a dismissive, stereotypical attitude towards people in flyover or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I already I'm told just you saying that, right. these guys operate in an old boy network down there. And if Gene Evans thinks that sucking up to Scott Fawn and these other guys is going to get her anywhere, she's got another thing coming to her. But anyway, uh, Greitens was essentially run out and accurately depicted this as basically what was a uh, legal harassment. And he was denied, in my opinion, due process by not being allowed to have his lawyers cross-examine witnesses in the the impeachment hearings, which were a sham to begin with didn't have uh, the ability to, to use state funds to pay his attorneys, even though the state had unlimited resources to go after him, had a Democrat hack in this banana republic known as the circuit attorney's office who basically, in my opinion, committed crimes in the, in the effort to indict him. 
Uh, then you have these other Republicans who didn't want him there because they don't want reforms down there, these Republicans. And in fact, it was the Democrats like Gina Mitten and um, Peer, uh, Peer, uh, um, I did, now I can't remember, uh, Pierce, Pearson, uh, uh, Tommy? Uh, Tommy Pearson, yeah. who were Tommy Jr. most loyal to the truth and due process, more loyal than any Republicans were down there because they oversaw some of the committee uh, operations, that kind of thing, and uh, uh, investigations. No, absolutely. And I talked to Tommy uh, when when all this started because I, I think you may know I'm, I'm very close friends with his father uh, and, 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 and with Tommy Jr. as well. And and th- you're absolutely right. I mean, Tommy Jr. came into this thing with the with the idea of, of really trying to be fair. Wanted because he be. knew Governor Greitens was kind of like Trump in that Governor Greitens actually bothered to come to the inner cities and bothered to pay attention to problems mm-hmm. in the inner cities, whereas you had Jay Nixon who, you know, he, he didn't get, he didn't even, when, when, I remember when Ferguson happened, he told the state patrol, he goes, I have no idea, I'm from the sticks, I don't even know how to handle all this. Yeah, well, I won't even get into Jay Nixon, because he's such a problem. And, and, and Coster is another story, but we won't even do that. Let, let you me mean say, the father figure to Katrina Sneed? Yeah, okay. you know, it, Coster's all kinds of problems, and I heard you talking about him. Look, let, let's talk about Eric here a second. You know, I, I'm so disappointed in one thing. For him, for him, mm-hmm. he could have, and I tried to push with him and the other people that w- were working with him, the idea that instead of sitting back the way they did and allowing this to proceed from just a legal standpoint, that he should have, right from the very beginning, gotten out in the public, and said, bring me your questions. I don't care what they are. I'm going to stand here in some room or on a broadcast or anywhere or everywhere, and I'm going to answer every question and, until you guys can't take it anymore. And I'm going to be everywhere in the state, and I am never going to back down. Eric could have done that. And, and for example, one other thing that I told them, I said, look, why don't you call Chuck Todd? All you got to do is call Chuck Todd on Meet the Press and say, look, I'm ready to be interviewed. And, you know, he'd have been on in 10 seconds. He could have been everywhere. And I'll tell you something. Eric is so excellent. Mm -hmm. He's such a good person and so talented. I believe he could have convinced people from a political standpoint Leave me alone because I'm not the guy to play with. Or why not? Why didn't Fox News, which gladly had him on every other week, decide to have him on on this one? Because Fox News is just like the Republican Party, basically, and they they will throw their own under the bus in in one second. But he could have controlled this, Jamie. He could have controlled this because people wanted a microphone in his face. He could have been everywhere, and he could have affected how people felt about him. But instead, he sat back, and a lot of people are just out here, ho-hum, it's good that he's but gone. But see, where would, he have gotten, where would he have gotten even treatment? I mean, right. certainly where not is he from now? any local news organization. Where is he now? What's the, forget, equal, forget fair treatment. 
No one's going to treat you fair. No one's going to treat you fair or me sure. or you. We're, we put ourselves in front of these microphones. No one's going to be fair. Look what you did. You got out of that situation, and in that, look what's well, happening here. But uh, to play that out, you basically described the exact same situation that he was in, that Eric was in. We have no idea if, much like him, they were telling Eric, hey, bro, you can't go out. We got this, blah, blah, blah. And so Eric was sitting there I'm sure saying, they did. And, and so in all fairness, you were like, well, and you flipped it. We don't know what Greitens is going to do well, I'm sure right the, now. Right. I'm sure the lawyers did tell him exactly yeah. what you're... I'm sure you're absolutely right, Ryan. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I would have said... Forget it, lawyers. This this is yeah. not going to work because I look. I feared that this is where he was going to end up. Well, because in the, in the end, I think that uh, contrary to what some people might think, I I think that Governor Greitens was too good for the state of Missouri, too good for the people down in Jefferson City. I think that most Missourians feel the same way. Some of them might be tied to some of their local reps, but. Uh, to me, Jefferson City is full of people who – the idea of reading all this about these people who have – this is in the best interest of the state of Missouri. It really is in the best interest of them and most Missourians, especially those who listen to Radio Free Allman and who know a little bit about really what's going on in the backstory, believe that the same way. It got to the point – for Governor Greitens that even if there was some suspicion that something was going on that was illegal, whether it be donorless or whatever, mm -hmm. people didn't care. because That's how little they trust the swamp and how little they trust the apparatus, how little they trust the prosecutions, all those kinds of things. They got to the point where they just saw this as, as an attack on him, and so it got to the point where they didn't even care anymore. And, I, and believe me, the, the GOP is going to suffer greatly uh, because of this. Uh, there is no one who's going to come out of the woodwork in any kind of leadership Absolutely. form. I guarantee you there will be a Democrat governor in 2020. Absolutely. And it'll probably be Jason Kander. And that's how the whole thing is going to roll. There's not a chance totally Mike agree. Parson is going to be reelected as governor of Missouri in 2020. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. And, and, I would mm -hmm. I would be happy with Jason Kander. That that would be I I don't want Coster. Coster's a Republican. I don't even you know that's you know that that's another problem that I've had throughout all of this. And you know really there was a point where Eric could have done some things differently and 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 showed people more of who he really is instead of I mean you hear some of those commercials he was running at the end. When I heard those commercials the last couple of days. I just sat there and I thought, oh, my God, Eric, don't do this. Don't say those things. It's not Eric anyway. You know, I, I, I'll tell you a quick story real quick. Real, real. By the way, Mark's the only guy that actually still, like, slaps his head. When I see you do it, I'm like, gosh, it's that's like watching, It's like hurt. watching, yeah. yeah. You know, that's a lot <laughs> like of things. a 1950s sitcom. A lot of things you can do. It's all right. Anyway. Um, I was in a meeting with Eric and a uh, school superintendent, uh, about a month ago in his office. And Eric turned to the school superintendent right at the beginning of the meeting, the first thing out of his mouth. He said, he said, sir, he says, tell me something in your life in education that you have wanted to do 
that was incredibly creative that you have not been able to do because when you tell me what that is, I would like to help you to make that possible. Tell me, what is it? Wow. What a brilliant question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Eric is a unique person. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope he, he comes back gangbusters in some way in life. I'm sure Well, he's he 44. He could, be the ne- he could be a president of the United States Absolutely. in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, he certainly wanted to be that, and he was on his way to that. Listen, listen. If you if you can if you can drown your girlfriend in a creek and wind up as the as as close to being the nominee for the Democratic presidency in 1980, Teddy Kennedy was a great, great person, and maybe not as great as Bobby, and 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 it's hard to say about not Jack. as good a driver as Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> I know you guys are funny. Have you seen? This is the, the funny. Truth. This is one of my favorite things now. Is you know. Uh, John Kennedy's grandson. Do you know who that is? John Kennedy's grandson? Joseph Kennedy? No, no. John's grandson is Jack Kennedy. But get ready for this. Okay. Jack Kennedy Schlossberg. So here's the deal. After all these years, the Kennedys have finally ended up being Jews. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hysterical. After all that, we, we, they fought so hard because actually the biggest beef against Kennedy was these Catholics. Right. Absolutely. Now they're going to go after yeah. and, now, and, now, and now Jack Kennedy Schlossberg, and I'll tell you something, oh, the crazy. kid is so sharp. He's such a Kennedy. He is really outstanding. Caroline's kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. right. And, um, you know, who knows where uh, the, all the – the great people are going to come from. We don't know, but, uh, but there are some, some great people out there and certainly Eric is one of them. And I just hate that he got ground up in this mess the way he did. Well, he'll, you know, I think, again, I think he'll be better for it all. I think he got to the point where he didn't need this crap anymore and he was done. I don't think Coster is going to run again in 2020. I don't think he can because of, the, actually, because of this, Absolutely. he's not going to be able to run again. It hasn't really necessarily been fleshed out, and I'll, I'll let other people do that uh, because that will be doing that. But I, but I think I, I think it's going to be difficult for that to happen, uh, and so I'm just telling you. It's my prediction that he will not be running in 2020. You basically don't want her as your hairdresser. If you if, if she was your hairdresser, you probably have political problems. <laughs> uh, it, well, maybe, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let, let me also say this before you throw me out of this place. Um, look, I, I am so proud of you for the way you have bounced in all of this. Thank you, buddy. What you, what you put together here. You know, I, I, I've got the highest regard for you as a person. Um, and, and, you know, we've been friends for a long time now. Yeah. And, and look, this is terrific what exists in here. And I'm sure it is going to become incredibly expansive in, in ways that people can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. It's a full network, buddy. Radio Free Allman. No, I, hopefully you're going to be on no, it eventually. No, you know. I, I, listen, and I'm, also, I'm ready. And, and you got to come. And thank you for all that. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, we're, I mean, this, our number, I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable awesome. how many people are tuned in, whether it be on the Facebook Live or whether it be on the stream, whatever. And we've still got more people to go because we got billboards popping up yep. and everything else. So now here's the deal. 
uh, you could come by. Hopefully, you'll be able to come by the um, the book signing. Oh, I'll be and maybe there. even the barbecue. I'll, you no, can I'll still wear all, a tie I'll at the barbecue. All the things. Yeah, he'll wear a tie at the yeah. barbecue. Oh, of course, you'll be in that same. Come in the same suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. um, it, it's a way of hiding. You know what you really are. Your you muscles. Know. You don't want to. Yeah. Jason's ripped underneath that You don't, want, want, people to know, you don't want people to know too much. I can't. Yeah. want to brag. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we will be um, seeing you there, man. And I got to get the Nick Schwartz down at the uh, in Jefferson City. Good. And we know two things in 2020. Mike Parson will not be governor, and neither will Chris Coster. So we and will, we also know that by then, Donald will be in jail, and we will have visited him there. We'll see about that. <laughs> Been so wrong all this time. <laughs> I know. It's sad. It really is. We'll be back. Just a second. That's all I want to
Yeah, man. Gotta admit, George Michael's underrated, man. I will just tell you right now, big fan. I mean, I just... Did he die? Yes. Drug overdose. That happened. Drug overdose, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Sad. It was honestly a sad life. Oh, yeah. But a great talent. Awesome. Good song, too. Adele did his tribute at, uh, and it was actually, it was an awesome tribute. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, man. Sad story there. Father figure. Father figure. I, I don't even get that whole thing, though, because I, I said earlier, like, um, I think, I think, I think if you're not somebody's father, <laughs> you really shouldn't be a father f- figure. And I, I get it, like, if somebody is like an uncle yeah. or somebody close to the family who, you know, can be in the absence of somebody or I don't know. But Single to me, mom and has, like, maybe a brother. Yeah. And so the, the brother's kind of a father figure yeah. to the kids. But generally... The guy whose hair you cut generally winding up being your father figure sometimes doesn't really uh, seem right. But I don't know. Why am I a judger? I'm a, I love all people. Yeah, you apparently weren't even going to the right hairstylist. Apparently not. It's not the chase. Yeah, I think so. How much do you think those haircuts cost, by the way? Those are like those, what was Edwards? Remember when Edwards was running for president and it was like, it came out that he spent like $600 oh, yeah, on yeah. a haircut? Yeah. His hair didn't even good. <laughs> yeah, that, um, sometimes they cost a lot. Uh, so, anyway, is Representative Shore on the line? Dialing now? him up. All right, let's get him. Got about 10 minutes left in the show, so we need to get him going. This is all Mark Cason's fault because he was a half hour late. I know. Blames it on the traffic. Good morning this morning. Good morning. I'm speaking to the next governor of the state of Missouri, Nick Shore. I'm totally on the Shore bandwagon right now. I'm I'm 2020. Nick all the way. Yeah, pick pick Nick in 2020. (laughs) All right, buddy. Hey, listen, by the way, thanks a ton. I didn't know whether you knew this or not, but uh, you realize that we are calling you from the Discovery Design Studio. You know that, don't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm always in the uh, behind the scenes when it comes to Discovery Design, Arrowhead Building Supply, where I'm at today. I'm not in Jeff City. I heard you guys, uh, you thought that I was in the swamp, uh, but I'm actually dedicated to uh to my actual job right now and that's uh legal counsel for arrowhead uh in the discover design so yeah i was fully aware of what was going on with discovery design and congratulations on getting an incredible sponsor yeah and we're going to be out there on saturday and so it's going to be a ton of fun we got some things to talk to you about that whole thing regarding legal ramifications of certain things but that's about it i mean they're, they're not it's not we're not doing anything illegal i mean we just <laughs> Need to talk to you about a couple of things here. <laughs> just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to get you overly concerned. You never, 
You never say yeah. that to the uh, the general counsel of an organization. Uh, we need to talk to you about some legal ramifications. He's like, uh-oh, what? <laughs> yes. But no, we'll be out there on Saturday from 12 to 6, but we've got more to tell on that one. Uh, Ryan is putting up the uh, the big poster flyer right now or eventually on, on Facebook, and yep. you guys can see all that. But all right, so yesterday it was about um, – Four o'clock in that vicinity now where everything was starting to buzz, maybe even earlier than that, obviously, if you were down there or if you were plugged in the way you are. Uh, what did you think about what happened yesterday? Were you um, were you surprised? Well, I was uh, golfing, uh, raising some money for the firefighters. Um, There's just a hair outside of my district, and there's a big benefit. Uh, so me and a couple other state reps were there. Uh, previous state reps were there as well. And then, we, you know, the phone started going crazy. And... Around 3.30, there was a lot of rumors that he was going to resign. Uh, then there was rumors that, hey, it's just a press conference because of the case that had just came out in Cole County requiring his um, PAC, the new Missouri PAC, to unveil all of the donors. So nobody really knew what to expect, uh, but, but the buzz was, yes, he was going to resign. I know I spoke with, uh, with you and a couple of other people that had been hearing the same stuff. And yeah, I was a little bit surprised because I knew um, that he had been adamantly uh, against resigning when he spoke with me and tried to, you know, tell me what what happened, um, why he believes he was innocent of all these charges. So I do understand what kind of strain that could take on his family with the allegations, the legal processes. But it's a strange time with the the court case and the decision that came out in Cole County um, for him to resign. Now. Going back to court, uh, I think it's very strange and um, dereliction of duty to have a prosecutor charge somebody with criminal offenses, and then as soon as they get whatever they want in the political realm, they just dismiss the charges. So I, I'm, I'm very interested in that, and Kim Gardner dismissing charges when her duty is to uphold the law. If she's going to charge somebody under a belief that they broke the law, she should move fully forward with that, not just dismiss it once the— uh, political gamesmanship is over. Yeah, and that's a really great point you make, uh, Nick, because what what happens here is that w- there's a good chance that really this initial indictment really started the the ball fully rolling towards what happened yesterday. And so just to suddenly say, "Oh, never mind," is kind of uh, is kind of odd to me because it it removes her accountability, not his. Yeah, you know, when I did uh, criminal defense work, I, I even had criminal defendants that were uh, moving out of state. Let's say they had drug charges. They were moving out of state to go get treatment in Florida or California. And the prosecutors, that didn't sway them. They said, no, they, they committed a crime here in the state of Missouri. We're going to charge them, and they are going to pay back whatever it is, their debt to society. And to have a prosecutor like Kim Gardner, who is way above her head and uh, what she's doing out there in the city of St. Louis, it's probably the most uh, immature prosecutor that I've ever witnessed in my short uh, legal career, you know, to see her just dismiss these charges when a governor steps down, I've, I've, I've never seen anything like this, but um, you know, you and I have talked in the past about our Lieutenant governor and he's been uh, a big supporter of um, fi- firefighters, first responders, military, uh, and even finding solutions to help uh, with the elderly in the state of Missouri. So, He's been quiet during the whole process uh, with Greitens, so I'm, I'm excited to work with him, but at the same time, I'm kind of disappointed to see how this entire process went. Um, nobody really wanted him to become governor in a fashion like this, but he's uh, you know, 
taking his work boots off, putting his uh, dress shoes on, and getting to work. Well, then, I, and it's great to hear what you say about uh, Lieutenant Governor Parson, soon to be Governor Parson, because my biggest concern is, like, I, we need people like you guys down there intervening in what what I what I predict would be this swampian attempt to uh, to control Governor Parson. And because there are a lot of people who are chomping in the bit, and some of them you know, obviously, who I do not believe have the best interests of the state at heart and who mostly are interested in feathering their nest. And I, I don't want – I wouldn't want Parson to be susceptible to that kind of influence. And so there are a lot of young, conservative – I mean, truly conservative uh, state representatives and senators who I think – hopefully will have an in with Governor Parson and and change that. I, I liken it to, for instance, somebody who might have had issues with President Trump or doubts about him, but were satisfied enough that someone like a Ted Cruz or a uh, Rand Paul or a Mike Lee or someone like that, there needs to be kind of a Freedom Caucus down in Jefferson City, if there isn't already, that will be an influencer down there. You agree? Well, you know, it, it's kind of funny that you said that. Um, and I'll get to the Freedom Caucus in a minute as uh, a young freshman, uh, being my first term up there. I've, I've, you know, it's funny that you said that. So I'll get to that in a second. But um, with Mike Parson, he is a, a former, I believe, sheriff out yeah. in Bolivar, Missouri, former law enforcement. Uh, he's never had any type of discipline for, um, you know, bad behavior while he was a law enforcement officer. So I don't think that anybody's going to sway him. Uh, he's a very strong-willed guy. His, his wife, who's a soon-to-be first lady, is an amazing person right by his side uh, through bad health times and good. So I'm excited to work with him. But like I said before, you know, it, it's the unfortunate way that this had to go about. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's time to to dwell on the past, even though we still have hey, uh, Nick. tons of questions. A friend of uh, your show, uh, streaming. I saw him. Um, uh, the comments. Hey, Nick. I'm, I'm, I, I, Nick, I got to interrupt camera. you for a second. I, I'm going to have to. I'm yep. gonna, we're going to call you back really quickly because I need to get to your final point. But your uh, your line is crapping out on us. It's probably on the Skype end here. So do, can we just call you right back? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right, hang on. Yeah, well. Yeah, I think it was. I'm disappointed I can't play the Beverly Hillbillies anymore, though. After what he said about Mike Parson. I might still do it eventually. I'd say it's worth it. It's more fun that way. (laughs) Now that he puts it that way. Is that any better? Oh, yeah. Perfect, buddy. Perfect. All right. So, yeah, so, okay, so to your point, you you see, last thing I heard from you is that you're disappointed in how this worked out. But you're confident that that a guy like Parson is not going to be swayed yeah, by yeah. He's not going to be swayed by the system. Um, but you know, we still have like like I said, I, I want to move forward. I know I know we can move forward. There's a lot more work that we have to do, but there's a lot of questions that we still need to answer. Like, where did the one hundred twenty thousand dollars come from? Yeah. Um, you know, was was Governor Greitens actually partaking in criminal behavior? And if he was, then yes, we do need to go after him. But if he wasn't, we need to clear his name. Um, but Back to your your Freedom uh, Caucus point, there are a lot of young conservatives, men and women up there uh, in Jefferson City who 
just like me. I just don't think it's in it for Nick today. We're so frustrated with yeah, see, Casey's uh, in federal here. politics. Hey, uh, uh, you know, hey, listen, Paul. I, I, Paul. I was thinking Paul Curtinman for some hey, reason. Nick, will I'll you hang on, buddy? I got it. We got to call you back. Something's not working here. We got to call you back, okay? Again, I think it's on his end. Is it? Where the hell yeah. is he? I don't know. All these, they, they're always busy. Okay, it's easy for us because we're in a studio. Casey was in here and he made God mad. <laughs> exactly. God's taking time out of paying attention to who's going to win the Yankees game tonight. To, to us now. Third time's the charm. I know, buddy. All right, yeah, go ahead. We we just have a we just have I, it's uh, something's going on, but I don't know where you are or what are we are whatever. But what's up? Okay, so finish up to the point where the the young conservatives part. I think we lost him again. <sighs> yeah, our internet's good. I just I just don't think it's in it for his cell phone today. Where is he? I don't know. He did say he was at Arrowhead. Or discovery, discovery design. design basement. <laughs> yeah, well, it's very steel. Let's there. do one more time. You want to try one more? Yeah, because I got, I got, I got to. This one thing I wanted to know. I know. Just know, it's not on our end. <laughs> Hello, dude. Where are you? <laughs> hey, I'm at Arrowhead Building Supply. There's I, a lot of work going on right here. So okay, I just want to be messing with the. Uh, Phone lines. Oh, okay, I got you. That's fine. I just want to make sure. All right, so before we get out of here, we're gonna, we want to take as much as we can. I'm not going to talk anymore. Tell me what you said about the young conservatives, buddy. Well, to your point, we do have um, a conservative caucus, a freedom caucus um, that is growing. Uh, I know Eric Burleson had it previously. Paul Kurtman has it now. Yeah. Paul's getting termed out. So I know that there's a lot of young conservatives that are currently in office. We hope to uh, get reelected in November. Um, but, yeah, we do have people that will be working with uh, soon-to-be Governor Mike Parson on a conservative agenda rather than a uh, lobbyist-fueled agenda. Yeah, well, that's great to hear, man, and really so happy for – it's hard to believe you're already up for re-election in November. But, uh, man, it's, 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 every time you guys turn around, you're having to run again. But I, I still uh, – we still appreciate you and are and more than happy to support you. And I'm glad to hear that you guys are wanting to grow as opposed to anything else. So uh, that's always that's always good to know, brother. And I appreciate you joining us. And also, by the way, just on a personal note, uh, Representative Shore, it's been great because you've been like this even-handed. It hasn't been Greitens can do no wrong. It hasn't been Greitens can do no right. It's been always, okay, let's see what's going on here. Let's find out what's happening Let's take a seat. I'm not going to stand in front of a microphone and demand his resignation. I'm just going to figure out what's happening. And so I think that those of us who have been really focused, highly focused on fairness and justice, really appreciate voices like yours. Not surprised, but appreciated. Well, I appreciate that too, Jamie. Um, You know, I try to do my best at uh, working with the law, protecting our constitutional rights. And when it comes to the allegations that we've seen for the past couple of months, we have to wait for the actual facts to get out before we throw out an opinion. That's what great judges that I've worked in front of here in St. Charles County across the state do. Um, so that's, you know, that was my duty to the people of Missouri to try to dig into the facts, figure out what needs to be done. And unfortunately, uh, before we found out all those facts, Governor Greitens resigned. Yeah, I know. And that's that's too bad. But uh, we're sure we'll see you. 
on Saturday, and we appreciate you as always, brother. I'll see you guys then. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, so that was good. A lot of people on Facebook, though, all said, proof's in the pudding with Parsons, and they know what he says, you know, it sure says, but... Yeah. Well, he's... and, and, And Nick is wise about that whole thing because he's got to go in and 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 in order for them to have influence they have to be open-minded about him uh but i'm keeping the beverly hillbillies theme song queued up well played that's all i'm saying i mean and you know what there's no doubt that parson in terms of being a sheriff you gotta like the guy's support of law enforcement and first responders so i'm not taking that away from him uh, but Don't cave yet, Jamie. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, 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 st- I'm just saying, I'm still going to keep the Beverly Hillbillies uh, theme song queued up because that's what I'm feeling down there. And I know a lot of people who had their fingers in the lieutenant governor's pot there and her milling about his office. Uh, I know some of those people down there, and they're not Nick Schwarz. They're the opposite direction. So hopefully Nick and those guys can provide some degree of intervention Let's put it that way. Good show, buddy. Because, you know, I don't want Granny and Jethro and <laughs> Jeb or whatever his name is doing all that kind of stuff. What was the woman's name, the girl's, cute girl's name in Beverly Hillbillies? I don't really watch much of it. I do know who you're talking about, though. You always cite all these pre-my-time stuff. <laughs> well, I'm not going to not cite them. Oh, well, no, I don't. I, I want you to. I'm going to force you to get your <laughs> Flintstones and Gilligan's Island knowledge in order. My wife it's, it's, My wife actually was like, I knew you would. She, she knows all that stuff. I'm <laughs> like, what? Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, have a, have a great uh, rest of your day. Great show. And all of you, thank you so much for your support of Radio Free Almond. We'll have our podcasts up, and of course, Facebook's always pumping. And we will be back tomorrow, of course. Don't forget about our Warrior and the Wild Man Radio Free Almond Throwdown Palooza, Saturday the Barbecue at Discovery Design in St. Peter's, 12 to 6. And Doug Giles is going to be in for that, and the book signing Friday at the Missouri Athletic Club. 530 to 8. June 8th and 9th. June 8th and 9th. Missouri Athletic Club West is where we're going to be. And we'll have all the frivolity for you. We'll keep pumping it up this week. And have a great rest of your day.